Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bowes. We're midway through 2020, so it's time to discuss all of the notable Hindi films that have been released so far that this year, a completely normal year where nothing bad happened. Why is Imtiaz Ali remaking his old movies? Are the Boggy films really connected in any way apart from being terrible? Is outside of an olive garden and a fake French Riviera the best place for a dance battle? Should you play human chess with Saif Ali Khan? We will answer all of these questions and more. We'll as we attempt to answer all these questions. <laughs> as we look back on the year so far. Before we begin, we'd like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people. We should also give a bit of a content warning at the top here. Yeah. Uh, some of the films that we are going to be discussing deal with violence against women. Uh, no way, really? Yes. Hindi films? <laughs> so I, I think, unfortunately, that's that's kind of a theme in some of the films that we're going to be discussing. Um, yeah. and, and we'll also be briefly touching on suicide. So if you would like to avoid those topics... Uh, look in the show notes. Yeah, look in the show notes. You or can, look up the movies. You can click out. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't think anything here is too heavy or shocking compared to uh, you know what we were discussing last episode with Patel Luck or, or some Crime. of the other films we've discussed in the past. Yeah. 2020 has been an unusual year. No way. Uh, what have you found unusual about <laughs> I, this I year? think everyone has found this year difficult and unusual and obviously this has had an impact on the movies and i would say that the past couple of months have been especially sad if you're a bollywood fan mm -hmm. uh so i guess the big elephant in the room is that the coronavirus pandemic has meant that there have been no movies released theatrically from late march until i mean we're still not getting hindi films released theatrically so the last couple of movies we're going to be discussing in this episode um have been released straight to digital mm -hmm. uh now one of them was supposed to be released theatrically i don't know about the other one i had never uh, heard that it was coming out in theaters yeah me neither but and he's got a relationship with netflix so but maybe you know they, they netflix does sometimes push stuff out in theaters so they might have tried to push this one. We we don't know. We don't usually discuss uh, films that go straight to streaming. Uh, we haven't done a lot of that in the past, a lot of those kind of straight to Netflix films. But then something happened. <laughs> but because of the pandemic uh, and this being kind of extraordinary circumstances and us kind of thinking that these films looked really interesting and, and obviously one of them, um, Gala, Galabo Satabo, was supposed to go to theaters. We thought we would uh, add those to the mix, but the rest of them were all released theatrically from January to March. We have 15 movies to discuss, which is less than usual, yeah. but still a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was looking at my Letterboxd today, and I think it's been 11 movies since I watched someone something directed by a white person. Mm. Um, so... And that was Ed TV. That was the last movie I watched <laughs> right. directed by a white person. Yeah, which you were watching with me because I was doing on my other podcast, Trash on the Movies. But a lot of Hindi movies and uh, the new Spike Lee movie mm -hmm. and uh, the Night is Short Walk on Girl. Right. So, yeah, I've been immersing myself in movies not directed by white people. And I got to say, good stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> yes. No, but right. there's just, just such a... Uh, um, diversity of stories that you get mm -hmm. when you watch international cinema and you know 
North American cinema not directed by white people. Yeah, that's true. There's all kinds of interesting things, and we're going to get into it. Yeah, we're going to be specifically discussing the the Hindi section of international cinema, but you know, we always encourage people to, you know, watch movies outside of their own culture, outside of their own country, outside of their own race, outside of their own gender. Just watch a diversity of movies. Be less uh, boring. And people who only watch <laughs> like Hollywood movies, they're boring. Yeah. All they do is talk about, like, oh, Christopher Nolan or uh, Martin Scorsese. Why do we care about anything that... Yeah. It's always, like, four directors that they talk mm-hmm. about. Quentin Tarantino. Wait, I mean, we like I like all of those directors. But, yeah. They're fine. But it, yeah. there's so much other stuff out there. There is. And, you know, I know not everyone has extra time on their hands because of this pandemic. I certainly haven't felt... Like, I have had extra time. No, we're working at home. I feel like we're probably working more. Yeah, yeah. You and I are still working full-time at home. And obviously, some depending on your profession, some other people's are, people are having to work even more if you're, you know, mm-hmm. in the medical field or involved with um, pandemic relief or, or whatever. So, you know, I feel like... I feel like a lot of people are saying, oh, now that we all sit at home and just, you know, like, watch content, you can catch up with all this stuff. And then that doesn't reflect everyone's life right now. That being but... said, I've watched <laughs> parts one through three of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. So that's like 75 episodes of well, TV I watched. To be fair, like we, we, we don't leave the house. So yeah. all of our downtime is spent at home. But if you are someone who has a bit more time in your hands, hopefully, uh, you know, we, we will point you to some movies that you might want to catch up with. A lot of these There's are available. There's some good ones. There's some good stuff. Yeah. And a lot of them are available streaming now. Basically all uh, of them. Yeah. But before we get to that, I think we do want to acknowledge that Bollywood has has suffered some losses as of late, um, and and it's 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 affected us. It's been mm-hmm. it's been rather upsetting. So earlier uh, this year, um, after the pandemic started, I think it was a uh, I think it was April. Mm-hmm. Uh, time has <laughs> totally blurred together. It for could me. have been a week ago. It could have been three months ago. Uh, it's tough to tell. Yeah, uh, Irfan Khan and. Rishi Kapoor passed away within 24 hours. Yeah, yeah within we the- talked about them in the Anil Kapoor episode. Yeah, yeah, we did kind of briefly touch on it and, and explain that why we are not going to make episodes, uh, why we haven't in the past made episodes around uh, actor or director deaths, and, and we're not going to in the future. But we do, you know, it it has kind of shaped this year for us. It's well, it might have made watching a crazy medium. It made it into a sort of melancholy act. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, there, there's obviously been some other losses like Basu Chatterjee, the director, mm-hmm. and most recently, Sushant Singh Rajput mm-hmm. took his life. And um, that's, it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. I think that's had a, that's had a, a thing around, around the house, you know, because we don't leave the house. Um, you and I have been very sad and despondent about the whole thing. And, and I think about, the reaction we're seeing online. I think. Well, it's- I'm trying to ignore as much of it as I can. Yeah, I think This it's- is when not paying attention to <laughs> gossip blogs and newspaper articles and stuff kind of plays in my favor because you know, I saw it. I was sad. I don't need the Monday night quarterbacking of he was bullied by the industry. Or he was an outsider his whole life. He killed himself. It's extremely sad. We'll never know his motives. No, no. And he I, never will. And I, I don't, I don't want to point blame at anyone. I don't think that's respectful. No. I don't think it's healthy. I think what we want to say is just that he was a very gifted actor who mm-hmm. starred in some of our all-time favorite Bollywood films that we encourage mm-hmm. you to 
seek out Detective Biomkesh Bakshi, Shed Desi Romance, which if you go back to uh, one of our various very early episodes, one of our earliest episodes where we discussed that film, that film had such an impact on me. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, most recently, Santeria, uh, you know, he he had so much talent and mm-hmm. I think we're just heartbroken over this loss. And having him be in The Fault in Our Stars for his last... Uh... <sighs> I mean, not that's prepared for that. yeah. That's a sad enough story to begin with, and then him playing the Augustus Waters, yeah, the Augustus Waters character. It's gonna be very sad. Yeah, yeah. That Tiffio's remake. I'm, I'm. I mean, I was already gonna be a mess. Who's the girl in it? Uh, she's new. I don't okay. remember her name. Hmm. Uh, but Saif Ali Khan's going to be the uh, the author. That was a good choice. Yeah, great, great casting. Um, Saif the knife. He's so good. <laughs> I think Saif Ali Khan's had a good year so far. I think. Yeah, he has actually, had a good year. As we discuss things, we're going to point out, like, man, Saif Ali Khan's really been on fire this year. It was the year of Saif. <laughs> uh, yeah, that Tiffio's remake is just like I, I'm already a big Tiffio's fan, and was mm-hmm. pretty excited about the Bollywood remake just because it, it could be really good and. And uh, now it'll have like an extra level of sad poignancy. So yeah, we did, we did want to touch on that, and and we encourage anyone who is dealing with suicidal thoughts or knows someone who is to to seek help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So should we get into our movies, Matt? Sure. We're starting. <laughs> this first one, very heartwarming. Yeah, we're starting off on a really happy note uh, with Chipak. Uh, oh, ghost stories, technically, this year, huh? Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're just looking at the list right now, so. Yeah. yeah. But Chepak. Yeah. Uh, so, Chepak, which means Splash. It's the latest film from Meghna Gulzar, and it stars Topeka Padukone. It's based on the life of Lakshmi Agarwal, uh, who was, or is, excuse me, a acid attack survivor. And so, the film is all about... Uh, Topeka Padukone, whose, whose character has a different name, she's Malti here, about how she uh, survives an acid attack and then becomes involved in adequacy and pressuring the government to have harsher laws around the sale of acid, to essentially outlaw the sale of acid. Sure. Uh, it's So it's, it's very much a social message film. Vikrant Massey's in it. Yeah, Vikrant Massey plays her kind of love interest. Uh, it's very effective, affecting it's very affecting uh as you know i think you would expect from this topic but it's hard to find subject material you would be more inclined to like agree with the person yeah like yeah yeah but they shouldn't throw acid at people no let's let's stop it's horrible this is the absolutely barbaric thing that is happening to women around the world uh, like, you know, I, I, I have no words, but I think Gulzar, uh, who's a director we quite like, she's previously done Razi and Talvar, which I think is excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, she and, and Patty Coon, I think, really bring a lot of humanity to to this story without being overly... Sentimental? Di- yeah, without being overly didactic or overly sentimental or overly manipulative. Mm. Um, this easily... you know, it, it, It's a film with a social message and it easily could come across as um, schmaltzy and Vegetables. preachy. And I, I, I don't think it is. I think it's actually a really lovely piece um, that where the message... The message is integrated into this story about this young woman who kind of 
overcomes the odds and, and learns to love herself despite despite this happening to her. Hmm. I will say that it takes uh, a long time in the film before you see the attack itself, and it's it's pretty harrowing as it should be. The the trailers for this film like really uh, got to me. I was not looking forward to seeing it, um, but I think I think the film really eases you into the. the the subject matter and it, it it has a it has a rather joyful feeling for for a lot of it you know the these women uh Patacons Malti and the other women that she work that she works with they really you know they they come together over this trauma and kind of rise 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 up they mm. they they elevate each other and you know i think it's an, i think this is an important message to to have mm. uh i think a lot of people have called Patacon brave for you know making herself look quote unquote ugly um which i i don't think she does uh which i don't know i always i struggle with that charlie's theron thing yeah i struggle with that whenever actresses are really praised for you know kind of looking like she's just wearing regular people like it's just makeup it's Um, not yeah but i i do think i do think that the the makeup work is very effective here and Mm. and and paducone paducone's great it's it's a very it's a lovely film um, I can see why, you know, people <laughs> uh, might not want it as an escape at the moment from, yeah. you know, things that we are dealing with. But I think it's an important film that is uh, well, well worth watching. Sure. But- that is Chapak. Uh, so our next film. <laughs> also uh, with a poignant social message. Sure. Well, yeah. Yeah. Our next film is Tanhaji, The Unsung Warrior, which I'm going to say, Matt, I had zero expectations going in but this this might be the most fun i've had at the cinema uh so far this year the cinema, partly because i haven't been able to go to the movies a lot the cinema year. of our couch yeah. we uh we had a kind of watching party with uh devin bruce yeah fan, friend of the show devin bruce and big fan of both ajay devgan and saifali khan and kajal all of whom were in this film yeah and like anytime i see in a trailer people being owned by swords i'm there yeah uh, they have my attention <laughs> um but yeah this movie i think it kind of succeeds because it's dumb <laughs> it's so over the top like i i don't know if ajay devgan is taking this seriously i suspect he was but i don't think saif ali no. khan is and i think that's what makes this movie so fun saif ali khan he's the villain yeah you have to explain the plot, but he's just—he is chewing the scenery and just lapping it up. And every moment, he's having so much fun being this over-the-top maniacal villain. His saddle has a big uh, skull on it, and, and he's he- got a giant cannon. Like, yeah. like, oh god, it's like he's—he so clearly understands that this cannon is a metaphor for his penis. Yeah. But like he he actually sleeps through a bunch of the movie <laughs> as his evil party goes on the road. Yeah. Like he he kind of like hooks his he hooks his feet to his skull saddle and then just naps in the in the saddle. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, so this is a biographical period action film. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, directed by Omraut and produced by Bushan Kumar, Krishan Kumar, and Ajay Devgan. Uh, this is the life of the Maratha warrior Tanaji Malusar, and uh, that's Ajay. Plus, we've got Saif Ali Khan as an evil guy named Udayban Singh Rator. Yeah, so he's 
he's kind of like a useful servant in the Mughals, right? Yeah. Yeah, he rises from the... Uh, he rises from... <laughs> the ranks hu- of human, human chess. Human chess piece <laughs> to, you know, useful warrior in the Mughal Empire. Um, and he doesn't he take down an elephant? Yeah. Yeah, he takes down an elephant. He's a pawn, and I guess the elephant's probably a cast, a, a rook in this human chess game. It's it's great. It's I mean, it's an introduction for the ages. <laughs> yeah. So this Tanaji, he's not going to end up being the king of the um, Maratha Empire, mm-hmm. but he's like one of the best warriors they have, and the eventual king, like he's like his right hand man, yeah. right? So it's it's all about this. Kajal fort- has nothing to do. Kajal is his wife, and she has nothing to do. Yeah. Oh, and importantly, the film does not promote. Marriage. Yeah, they're marrying <laughs> off his young son, and that's a big part of the first hour of the movie, basically, because... The, the but the ki- disclaimer told us that they do not promote child marriage. Yeah. yeah. The king needs someone to take over this fortress because the Mughals have stolen it, yeah. and he needs his like best undercover operative, Tanhaji, and Tanhaji's busy with all this wedding preparation, and he's like... The king's like, uh, I don't know if I can... And Tanaji's like the best undercover operative because he can essentially fly. We see so many scenes where he's pretty much flying yeah. through the air with His, a whip sword. He, he, he like invents bungee cords. It's, <laughs> it, I, guess, I guess by the time of Rajkumar they have this technology as well, but it's sort of like bungee cord technology and jumping to Whenever cliffs. Whenever Rajkumar is set. Yeah, and jumping off cliffs and then you know killing people. I mean, they had guns in Rajkumar. It must have been by the time the British showed up. Um, this is, yeah. If you're a fan of, like, Dynasty Warriors video games or um, Bahabali but stupid, <laughs> um, like, this this is a lot of fun because it's, yeah. it's, like... This is exact, like, this is the exact opposite of Chip Hack. It's just yeah. big, dumb action testosterone and fun yeah and i i thoroughly enjoyed it i don't think i don't know if i was laughing with it or at it i'm li- i think i'm laughing with cyphali khan yeah but i'm laughing at ajay Aj- i don't know if there was a single real horse used in the entire movie <laughs> oh yeah gratuitous cgi the cgi for the horses was very bad but a lot of the cgi for the backgrounds and fighting and stuff it was, it was okay yeah like if you want to see dudes get owned with swords you could do a lot worse I had a good time watching this movie. Devin laughed his ass off. You know, it's fun. Yeah. It was I, a good time. I also had a good time. I, I recommend it. Like, again, is it a good movie? No. Yeah. But it's a really fun movie. So our next I just watched film, this yesterday. <laughs> our next film you just watched yesterday. So you are uh, totally primed to tell us about it because I saw it back in uh, January when it came out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, January. Okay. So Punga, I just watched yesterday. It's on Hot Star. I gotta say, watching so many things not from the library and not in theaters, Netflix is doing a horrible job of um, translating movies to people. Mm-hmm. Like, all the Netflix ones we watched this past few months look like garbage. They're artifacting the image, all over yeah, the place. the quality is really poor. It is tough to tell if something is, you know, lit well because you have squares all over the place. And we have, like, good internet, Yeah, you know... We have a high-definition TV. Yeah, we got a nice TV. It's going on Apple TV. I don't think it's a hardware problem because on Hotstar, where I watched Panga, well, yeah. it looked great. And, and Amazon, Amazon Prime. Prime looks great. Amazon Prime looks great. Criterion Channel looks amazing. Yeah, so I think it's Netflix is just kind of not favoring the Indian movies. 
and TV shows. When, I mean, I didn't think The Five Bloods looked that great. No, it, yeah. So, I don't know. Netflix just kind of sucks right now. But uh, Punga looked great. I, yeah. You know, for a movie that didn't need to have amazing cinematography, it actually looked pretty good. It looks gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. So, this is a sports drama movie directed by Ashwini Iyer Tiwari. Yeah, who did Barely Keep Barfi, one of my favorites. Yeah, and this is another sort of tomboyish performance by a lead actress, I'd say. It's interesting. Um, I find it interesting that she's doing this partly because her husband, you know, had such a success with Dongal, and mm-hmm. this feels like Dongal adjacent for sure. Yeah, it it really feels Sultan adjacent because it's yeah. almost the same story, but it features Kangana Ranawit, Jesse Gill, Richishada, and Nina Gupta. So. Kangana Ranawit is a young mother who has a seven-year-old. I think he's seven. Yeah, about that. Yeah. And he was apparently a difficult birth. And she's been kind of, like, paranoid about his health ever since. Mm-hmm. Always checking in on him, making sure he eats right. Uh, the dad is a... He works at the railways as an engineer. And what we find out eventually about uh, Kangana Ranawit's character is that she was actually the team captain for the uh, Indian Kabaddi team in mm-hmm. 2010. And she, you know, won the international Kabaddi competition and now she works for the railways, which is kind of what you get when you, you know, perform really well in Indian sports. You can get a government job working for the railways. Yeah, because they sponsored the team. So yeah. she got a job. Yeah, and I... Pretty sure, actually, in Sultani had a job for the railways, too. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, but her son, who i got to say is kind of an asshole most of the movie. <laughs> like, sure, he's got health issues, but he's kind of a dick. Um, he basically says, like, comedy sucks. Uh, no one cares about your record. And uh, I wish, you know, I wish you were a normal mom, I guess. Basically like that. Yeah. Just kind of says, like, you know. Quit thinking about comedy. Just be normal. Oh, he's mad that she doesn't make it to his track meet. Yeah, she's stuck at work. She can't. I don't get know date. why like children's track meets are so important, especially in ones Hollywood where movies. the adults have to participate. Like, was it Mom? I think Jasba. Jasba. Yeah, she loses her daughter at the track meet. Anyway, the kids gets... were never invited to our track meets. I'm just no. saying. No, it would have been too embarrassing. Um, so the kid is kind of beaking off at his mother and. She cooks up a plan with her husband that, you know, okay, we'll show him that I was actually cool back in the day. We'll, I'll go for a month and I'll like say I'm going to start training again. But then she kind of gets into it again. Yeah. And it becomes a sort of like, okay, can I make the Eastern Railways team? And she can. But um, she has to move to Calcutta. They live in uh, Bhopal and, yeah. you know, it's stressful for them. And then she tries, oh, maybe I can hit the national team again. And she does. I don't yeah. think this is a huge spoiler. And Risha Chata plays her, a former teammate who kind of becomes her her coach yeah. and and helps her get back. She's coming to game. town to recruit new Kabaddi players. She comes yeah. to Bhopal. But it's very much a film about, uh, the, about work-life balance for women, about mm-hmm. how women, you know... They have take, to sacrifice. Yeah, they have to sacrifice. They take a break from their career to get married and have kids, and then the difficulty of trying to return to that career a a sports drama is kind of perfect for illustrating that because of what childbirth can do to women's bodies yeah like uh, mary comb we also saw this yes but i think you know what kangana ranowich is is going through in this film and what i think it's pretty relatable is is the crux of it for ashwini ayer tawari is is just yeah about this imbalance and how difficulty 
the difficulties that women have in picking up where they left off in the workplace. Here, the workplace is sports, but it could mm-hmm. be any number of things. Uh, her job at the uh, railways is not particularly glamorous. She's like a ticket taker. No, I mean, her career yeah. is... Yeah, her career is sports. ...is being a comedy player. And, I'm, I mean, what I really love about this film is that, you know, it just kind of... It, it really articulates that women shouldn't have to be to choose between um, their their work life and their personal life. They shouldn't have to choose between their careers and having a family. And even with the most supportive of husbands, because He's a very supportive husband. Jesse Gill is winning like movie husband of the year. He mm-hmm. is he's so good in this, and I think he's so well he's so well conceived as a character because he really like he's. He's this supportive husband who, you know, totally is willing to and engaged with taking up the responsibility of being the sole provider and caregiver for their son when she has to go away. It's also important that he really liked that she was into comedy. Yeah, exactly. uh, That's how they met, actually, in school. He was a big fan of her playing comedy. Mm -hmm. So, like, he's all for it. Exactly. So, you know, I think, like, but... At the same time, like he 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 hasn't been as invested in aspects of their kid's life as she has, and I think that's partly because he she's she's overprotective. She's overprotective, yeah. So she's kind of uh, I think through her own maternal instinct uh, taken on a bigger role than maybe she needed to have. And so yeah. I just I like how this movie has it has no villains. Yeah, it's <laughs> it is a very sort of even-tempered movie. Even the Indian sports authorities who in basically every other Indian sports movie I've ever seen where there's like a national element are villainous. In this, they're, you know what? They're not bad. Yeah. They're okay. Yeah, my only complaint is this silly scene where the son gets really, really mad about his tiger makeup at a recital. And I just... A recital that's apparently happening at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, I just don't believe that like the... I don't believe that the other parents, mostly mothers, um, would shun this guy because his wife has gone off to pursue her comedy career and he's willing mm-hmm. to kind of step up. Because I feel like of, they would be all over this guy. They yeah, would love him. They kind of show him being like shunned, like they don't want to add him to their mom WhatsApp group. Which is good. I would hate to be in the mom WhatsApp group. Later on, it's just like, oh, he can't do good tiger makeup. And that yeah. that to me felt a bit forced. But otherwise, I really like this film. Uh, it's it's one that I think kind of the the low impact of it at first I was like oh, I mean that was okay. It does seem but, kind of cheaply made. We never actually see Jaya Kangana Ranawit's character win the the nation the international mm. in the 2010. We just kind of hear it alluded to. Yeah. So it, it kind of seems like they didn't want to spend a bunch of money on it. Well, it just it kind of seems like it, I think at first the film feels like it has a low impact, but then like it's one that really yeah it and that's really kind of grown with. Grown with me over time, or my opinion of it has grown over time. It's also um, it, movies about athletes who are normal people. Yeah, are interesting because, like, if you're a boxer, a major league baseball player, football, basketball, like those sort of people have, you know, they have lots of money. They can have a really nice house. They can hire people to do stuff for them. But when you're sort of the the citizen athlete who goes to the Olympics, for instance, mm-hmm. and you know you have to train so much that you typically are not getting a really good job. Yeah. So you're working at you know the hardware store 
or you're a ticket taker at the train. I thought that was interesting that it didn't make being an athlete look particularly glamorous, even though she's literally on the national team for her sport. And it felt fairly realistic. I think a lot of athletes' lives aren't very glamorous. No, unless you're in... Like, if you're in India, if you're a cricket player or you're a soccer player, something like... And for like, women, for yeah, women, women in it sports, would be double, unless, yeah. unless you're like a, a big gymnast or a big figure skater, I don't think... Yeah, or, yeah, I can't even imagine women's basketball in the States, they were paid that much. So or even it's, women hockey players here yeah, in Canada. It's like doubly sort of... Yeah, like Haley Wickenheiser, probably the most famous Canadian women athlete, captain of the Canadian team, but like... She's probably one of the few that doesn't have just like a side job, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So it was interesting to see a movie that's fairly uh, um, honest about what your life would be like, even if you're a top-tier athlete. And I think the... I'm no expert on comedy, and this movie doesn't actually explain it that well. Um, so I knew about it from other things, but I can't really tell if Kangana Ranawit got in super good shape for it. Mm. Like, um, I can't tell if her playing comedy is really impressive. It doesn't matter what her hair looks that good. Hair looks great, though. Uh, uh, she's a controversial person, <laughs> so not everyone's going to be into this. But it was it was a fine movie. Perfectly enjoyable. I think the standout performance, though, is Risha Chada. Risha Chada is absolutely hilarious in every single scene that she's mm-hmm. in. And I think... She's been carrying a torch for... Uh, yeah. Kagana Rani's character for 10 years. clearly gay. <laughs> yeah. She's wearing flannels. They do um, kind of know Homer her a bit by having this ongoing thing with like, oh, she's too picky for all the like potential boys that she can yeah, marry. Picky. But I think she's like, she, the way she's like sizing up other players and yeah. not, I think not because of competition. No, she's, she's checking them out. <laughs> she's checking them out. Uh, Risha yeah. Shah is hilarious. I didn't know I that there her. was, I did not know that there was mixed uh, gender comedy. And mm-hmm. I feel like that for such a fairly violent sport, actually, that is really interesting. And I would like to, once it comes back, we can watch it on Hotstar. We could actually see some live comedy eventually. Yeah. Two years from now. Uh, well, Matt, that brings us to Street Dancer 3, or, or 3D, if you were lucky enough to see this in 3D. Were you I was lucky? Not. Oh, okay. No, but I, I have seen Bollywood films in 3D before. I saw the um, Imran Hashmi, Mr. X, I think it was called, Returns Invisible in 3D. And the subtitles were, like, in my lap. Like, it was really awkward to watch. So hmm. I was kind of glad that I didn't have to watch this in 3D. Though you can totally tell all the scenes that were meant to wow in Is it 3D. like on SCTV where they had that bit where they would go, Yeah. There's and a moment. everything pointing at the screen. There's a moment when Rune Dewan, like, flicks a bead of sweat that's in the off trailer. Nora Fatty's Yeah, that's like, in the trailer. Yeah. Waist. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so this is the latest in the ABCD series that you would not be able to tell from the title since I guess they're 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 keeping the numbers but they're retitling the ABCD series to Street Dancer. I don't know what's going on. Uh, is there no international There is an international competition component to this cuz I know a little is, bit yeah. about it. So they Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering cuz it, it the first two were like big dance competitions. Yeah, this is also a big dance competition. Okay, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, but narratively has no connection to the ABCD films. Uh, no, Prabhudeva. No, no, Prabhudeva's in it. What? Like, but they're playing different characters. <laughs> oh, so it's like the Boggy movies where he's playing a different yes, guy, which we will also be discussing. Okay. Uh, so this is directed by Remo D'Souza, 
And it stars Varun Dhawan, Shraddha Kapoor, both oh, of who were in the last ABCD film. Katrina Kaif was supposed to be in this one. Uh, disappointing that she wasn't, but that's okay. We forgive you. Was she in a movie um, this year? It's been a while. Yeah, she's in the, the new uh, Rohit Shetty that got yeah, delayed. But I haven't seen her since, what, Zero? Is that the last one? We can look later. We can look at later. Yeah. I don't think that's the last one. But yeah, she was supposed to be in the new, or she is in the new Rohit Shetty, yeah. but it's it's been delayed. So mm-hmm. because they don't want to release it straight to online because they yeah. want to put it out in theaters. Uh, anyway, so Rune Duran, Shraddha Kapoor, Prabhadeva, all of whom were in the last ABCD film. Um, joining them this time is Aprashakti Karana, who kind of plays an interesting character I'll get into. And uh, Canadian Nora Fatehi, uh, who is like the latest uh, item number it girl in Bollywood lately. As well I didn't know as, that Aprashakti was in this. Yeah, as huh. well as... Um, Dancers uh, that you'll recognize from the previous films. Yeah, you remember all those really strong characters who <laughs> we remember their adventures entirely. Well, I think I don't think you show up to an ABCD film or a street dancer film to take in the story. <laughs> um, I think you show up to one of these films to see some amazing dancing, mm-hmm. or, or at least that's why I show up. Like I'm, I'm a fan of the Step Up series mm-hmm. and. Do I show up to see, like, acting and story? No. <laughs> I show up to see some eye-popping dancing. A guy and with a boombox built into a vest that dances in a bathroom. Exactly. Like, that's that, that, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that level, this film totally delivers. So, the plot of this is pretty silly. Basically, what you need to know is that Varun Dewan is part of a dance team. It's an Indian dance team. It's set in London. And he loves to do, you know, a lot of stunts and flips and things. And he wants to compete in this uh, this competition, in this dancing competition, the Ground Zero Battle. Uh, his older brother was a part of the uh, team at one point, but he had an accident, and so is now not uh, can't can't dance. Like what? What kind of accident are we talking about here? It was like a dancing accident. Like he broke his ankles or something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so he kind of has like... It's on crutches? Yeah. Huh. Thank you. Um, anyways, Shraddha Kapoor, she is part of another dance team. It's a Pakistani dance team. Hmm. And she kind of can't let her family know that she's a dancer. Too and sexy. So, yeah. I've yeah, had that problem these, too. These two dance groups are, you know, constantly at one another's throats and, you know, like challenging each other to dance battles. Uh, meanwhile, like they constantly go to this restaurant that Prabhu Deva owns, and they're always trying to one right. up one this another. This one that has by, burgers and donuts, right? <laughs> yeah, by ordering more food, and they watch sports games there against India and Pakistan, and then argue over who okay. is going to win. Who was talking uh, about the burgers and donuts? Uh, I think it was Kathy Gibson. Kathy Gibson was yeah. obsessed with You could also bur- order a biryani. You could get <laughs> like burgers. Like one biryani, two biryani. You could get one biryani, <laughs> a burger, and a donut at yeah. this crazy restaurant that Prabhadeva yeah. owns. Uh, Nora Fahedi uh, is Varun Dewan's girlfriend, and she's part of a different dance team, a British dance team that always wins the ground zero battle, and she is trying to kind of get Varun Dewan on their team. Meanwhile, there's a whole thing about illegal immigrants in London. Who dance? <laughs> no, 
What? <laughs> they play music. Oh, okay. Oh, um, that's and that's where Aparashakti Karana fits in. So eventually... Yeah, I don't see him being in a dance crew. I've never seen him really dance very much. <laughs> eventually, like, Shraddha Kapoor's team wants to win the dance competition so that they can, like, give the money and bring light to the situation of illegal immigrants in London. And Varun Dewan has like a crisis of conscience between like wanting to be on this really stodgy British team and like his, you know, his brown roots. His scrappy <laughs> And Indian also team? his involvement in bringing illegal immigrants are they all, to London. <laughs> are they all white on the English team except for Nora Fatehi? Mostly, yes. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. And, and Nora Fatehi... I don't know if her character is supposed to be Indian here, but mm-hmm. um, in real life, she is not Indian. I believe she's Egyptian. Uh, Moroccan, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she's Moroccan-Canadian. So This is a very distinctive look. <laughs> yes. Anyways, uh, the reason you show up is for the dancing. Dancing is great. Prabhu Deva, uh, anytime he is on screen, he has those moves. Let me you tell showed you. You show me the kind do... of... HR, no, like the kind of... Like portal where there's yeah. like putting your arm through things there's and like then dancing. Really, that was cool. There's a really cool scene like where like Prabhu Deva becomes like a ghost, but you still see like his clothing dancing. Yeah. And then he like puts hands and stuff through portals. There's a great sequence neat. in his restaurant with uh, him and Shraddha Kapoor's group. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, again, I I don't know if I can recommend this as a film, but I would watch, if, if you enjoy watching like, dancing and like hip-hop style dancing then i would totally pull up the videos of all of these songs and and watch and watch them all these guys bust a move because they're very good they you know they get some of the best dancers in these films so did this i remember when we were talking about abcd2 i think also with Devin, we didn't really like that the editing was so frantic and it kind of didn't let you watch the whole dance right did this do that too uh i think you know i think I think this really Because I'm guessing because of 3D cameras, you probably can't cut that much. Yeah, I think this really cut back on the editing. And I think you really could appreciate the full dance sequence and a lot of the moves. I think sometimes I was frustrated. I just, like, wanted the camera to pull back. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, again, like, I, I think as far as a dance film goes, this is really satisfying. Oh, right. How does the Olive Garden work into it? <laughs> Okay, so at one point, uh, Runda Wan's dance group and <laughs> Shraddha Kapoor's dance group uh, have a dance-off battle, and it is supposedly in London, but it was actually filmed in the like French Riviera p- part of the Dubai theme parks. Right, yeah, because like, Legoland Dubai is there, and then the Bollywood one, but this is like... The generic one. At yeah, the this is like the park. French Riviera section. Yeah. Uh, and there's an olive garden. And there's an olive garden there. <laughs> Nothing says French, English, <laughs> Dubai, more like olive garden. Yeah. So I really, I don't think you need to sit through this whole film. Uh, I think you can really just watch the highlights. This on is YouTube. a brutal review. <laughs> the dancing, very good. Don't watch the movie, though. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say. Yikes. Uh, it's the I, meanest review we've ever given to I am impressed I could remember that much about the plot having seen it in January because the only thing that stuck with me was the dancing. Yeah. Uh, okay, this next film, I really don't have much to say about it. It is uh, Ghoul Makai. It's a biopic of Malala starring Reem Sheikh as Malala, uh, Atul Karkani as her father, and then Om Puri, 
is in this, which is surprising. And Kirk Shippethy's in this too. Yeah, it, huh. it's just, it, I am surprised that there are still films with Ompuri coming out, considering hmm. he passed away a couple of years ago. Well, a Malala movie, I mean, that was almost 15 it, years it ago, right? That was like a long time this ago. this is one of the last things he filmed before yeah. he passed away. Hmm. Um, interestingly, okay, so I thought that she would, I, I'm assuming most people know about Malala, mm-hmm. uh, who just graduated from Oxford yeah. uh, and is not a rare Canadian citizen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm assuming, I'm assuming most just, people know just her like, story. Just like Akshay Kumar. No, but she like actually has honorary Canadian citizenship. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, yeah, so I was assuming that uh, she would get uh, shot kind of at the midpoint in the film. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, she gets shot at the very end. Uh, so it doesn't have anything about her what? kind of becoming a worldwide advocate Wait, for so, the importance of girls' education. So this is like... A regular girl growing up in Afghanistan and the Taliban's there, but the ending of the movie is the thing? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, there is... A it's l- just it's just like, it's shitty to live in a Taliban-controlled country? Well, yes, but there is a yeah. lot about, you know, because her, her father uh, is a huge advocate for the right to education and for girls' education, so they do follow kind of his activity... Uh, as as an advocate, as well as how... So he was an well advocate as, before. Is, yeah. is that why she got shot? The, the film does kind of argue that they were targeting her. And oh. she also, uh, you know, was kind of releasing these... Um, these kind of blogs, these these columns about her hmm. life and what it was like, you know, going to school and living kind of with the Taliban so close. I will say that this film was horrifically violent. Even before she gets shot in the head? Yes. Wow. <laughs> you see a lot of... Just horrifically violent scenes involving the Taliban. It cuts back and forth between what's going on with them and kind of them getting more. Do they agitated. really need to say like and, the Taliban? Have you heard about these guys? They're awful. Like, yeah, I think most people probably if you're if you're able to watch this movie, you probably know that the Taliban not great. Yeah, so they cut back and forth between kind of what they're up to and and kind of and Malala's life as hmm. as she's growing up and and yeah. It, so I guess like I found it interesting to, to oh, kind of so get the, an overview it's her pseudonym is ghoul makai okay yeah i found it interesting to yeah that was her um i believe her pseudonym when she was kind of writing her blog post yeah that's what it says yeah yeah so i found it interesting to kind of get an overview of just kind of the political tensions that that led to this event mm-hmm. um but i i didn't think it was a very well-made film hmm. and I guess I don't know. Is I, it exploitation to like because everyone knows who this person is, and if if it's like a, you find out the real story, is well, that what's is that what's going on? I it don't seems kind of sleazy. There, there is a very good documentary about Malala called "He Named Me Malala" that I would recommend over this, mm-hmm. um, which I which covers a lot more of the aftermath. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the really interesting stuff. Well, I and I, I do think all this stuff leading up to her or the attack. That she that she was unfortunately a victim of is is interesting. I just wish it wasn't painted. It's very broad, and like the villains are so villainous. Not that I want them. They softened. are the like, Taliban. The Taliban. <laughs> but I just I felt I felt like a lot of the violence was gratuitous. I think that's kind of the issue that I'm trying to get at. Sure. And you know, I saw her. I, actu- I, I, guess, I, saw, I saw her actual outfit when I was at the Museum yeah, of Human Rights. Hey, the uniform. Hey. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's probably... I'm sure that was a very sobering experience. Probably more so than you watching this movie, I'm guessing. Well, I, I don't know. I struggle between, like, on one hand, I feel like, yes, they need to be honest about the violence that the that the Taliban is perpetrating in Afghanistan. Because they got overshadowed and, by ISIS, kind of. And yeah. I think people and, forget about the and Taliban. And the, the fear... The fear and that these that these people are living under because they they really get at that like how oh, it's a police state basically yeah how they you know they they keep they keep trying um, but they're they're in fear of their life constantly mm-hmm. so I struggle with like yes they should show that but also like I do feel like Malala should be a film that's kind of like accessible to like Kids? young people yeah. maybe not children but like young people because I think this is an important topic. But that documentary exists, and that documentary uh, is totally accessible to young people. Won the people. Oscar, didn't it? I don't I remember. So. Well, we don't need to look, but I don't remember. Yeah, I know. That I don't one. think it did, but it's a very good doc. Yeah, it's it's a well known one. Yeah. So I mean, ultimately, I don't think this is a very. You can, I didn't you find can it give a, it a miss. Yeah, I didn't find a very satisfying adaptation of Malala's story. Not that I'm an expert on Malala's story. Hmm. All right, that brings us to Jawani Johnnyman, the okay. second Saifali Khan uh, vehicle of the year. I like this movie. I thought it was pretty good. I think this is a really fun movie. Yeah. Yeah. So Jawani Johnnyman. We're, we're totally biased because of our love of, of Saif the Saif Knife. Khan, but it comes from the the title comes from the song Jawani Johnnyman, which uh, it's like fancy gentleman, something like that. Came. It was in Namakalal. Jawani, I believe, is youth. Young gentleman, it's yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, it's something like that. We saw Namak Halal a couple weeks ago in our disco <laughs> episode. A couple weeks ago, that was months ago. Our episode, which had a couple disco <laughs> things in it, yeah. even though I would call that disco movie after the fact, really. Uh, but anyway, it's about um, a guy who's probably yeah, he's pushing forty, if not forty. Who, He's dying his hair. Yeah, he he used to be like a, a party animal, but maybe needs to grow up a little bit. Uh, so that's Jesswinder Jazz Singh, mm-hmm. played by Saifali Khan. He's a uh, property broker who works with his brother, and they essentially find properties that are undervalued and then sell them to try and build mm-hmm. skyscrapers. He lives in kind of an abandoned in, in a uh, a warehouse. It seems like. And that's his his latest score is to try and sell off his warehouse that all of these tenants live in. Uh, but most of the time, he's just going out to the club and partying with his buddy Rocky, played by Chunky Pandy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's partying all the time, sleeping with lots of girls. Everything's great, right? Record scratch. What? <laughs> One of the girls he meets is actually his daughter. Uh-huh. Yikes. So we find out that... Um, about 20 years ago, he had been in Amsterdam, I think, right? Yeah, I think it's Amsterdam, mm-hmm. where he'd met um, uh, Tabu and slept with her and then didn't think anything was a problem. <laughs> and then he went back home to London. Uh, but Alaya uh, um, Furniturewala, great name, by the way, Furniturewala, I think that's cool. <laughs> um, she uh, meets him at the club and, you know, there's kind of... Uh, he he thinks she's flirting with him, yeah. but she is she doesn't think she's giving that impression. No. She goes back to his house and then drops the bomb <laughs> on him that he has a kid and it's her. But they don't know this right away. They do a DNA test. Um, but once once they figure that out, he slowly begins to kind of grow up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and once uh, Tabu comes back to find out where her daughter went, then things starts to get a little a little funny. 
I thought this was a good movie. Well, and also, the daughter's pregnant. Oh, yeah, right. That's the other thing. The daughter is pregnant by some nerd who lives in Amsterdam. Yeah, by her boyfriend. But, you know, kind of her own pregnancy encouraged her to go look for her father. And then yeah. Saif Ali Khan kind of has to take care of his pregnant daughter. Yeah, hilarity ensues. <laughs> uh, this movie reminded me a lot of About a Boy. Mm. The Hugh Grant and, I'm going to say Nicholas Holt was the kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where another kind of scofflaw, 40, late 30s guy who's rich. In London. In London. <laughs> um, and gets, there's a lot of hair stuff in that one too. I, I, I remember he gets his hair like kind of artisanally tussled. Yeah. Um, but like he also has to kind of come to grips with the fact that you, know, you can't be, you know, a rich guy going to the club forever. It's eventually going to come and bite you in the ass. And you may eventually have to change your lifestyle. And also the importance of family yeah and having people in your life yeah and val- and valuing them yeah this is directed by uh nitin kakar i i really liked this i i don't know maybe that sounds really silly looking at the poster i think they were trying to kind of market it as more of like a wacky sex comedy mm. but it isn't really like it's more an old guy comedy it's yeah it's like it's kind of like this um well it's not quite quite like midlife crisis but it's, it's like this kind of he's getting there yeah and he this, does a lot of stupid things to try and prove that he's still young and he yeah, breaks his leg and he drinks like, too much it's a film about like a man in a state of arrested development yeah. kind of permanent learning, obsolescence yeah learning adolescence to, not obsolescence to grow up he has, and, a, he has what is called the peter pan syndrome exactly yeah learning to grow up and kind of care about people and kind of through discovering that he has this adult this pregnant adult daughter kind of developing a sense of responsibility it's not that dissimilar uh to another film that taboo was in just last year did de pierre de with uh, ajay devnon yeah. which i also surprisingly liked like i just i feel Tabu like is very funny in this oh taboo is so uh, funny in this she's kind of playing <laughs> against type here as like an earth goddess like hippie type who's constantly smoking weed yeah she's and, yeah, Hilarious. she's pretty funny. Yeah. And you kind of get the sense of like, sure, they would sleep together back in the day, but that there's probably a reason why he didn't call her because she's kind of annoying. Well, they just like, they're clearly not. Like, they're not. They would have. Yeah, they wouldn't have worked together. see why they had a fling. Yeah. But they're, they're not well suited. They wouldn't. They shouldn't be married or anything. But yeah, I feel like I shouldn't enjoy these like movies about like entitled womanizing man problems. And you yet, like seeing them brought low, though. Like, that's what you like about it, is that they well, eventually have to stop being womanizing dickheads. I just, I don't know. I think this is a, a satisfying uh, kind of dramedy. I, I think Saifali Khan does a really good job in this role. I think he's kind of playing his age, which I like. Uh, and he's I, one I of think, the few cons that actually does, too, by the way. Yeah. And like, I he'll th- actually, he's fine playing someone in his late 30s, early 40s, mm-hmm. even though he's not quite 50, but he's probably getting there. How old is he? Let's see. I feel... I mean, I don't know. This like, feels... I think the other cons are a little bit older than him. Uh, he's 49, yeah. He's, 49. he's almost 50. Yeah. But, like, they'll still play a high schooler. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess I just feel like Saif Ali Khan often, like, his roles seem a bit more mature. Yes, he's often... Yeah. Like, Kalakandi, he's like a businessman who's going through a midlife crisis. Tanhaji... Uh, human chess piece <laughs> who has a big cannon. I'm trying to think of other. Oh, uh, uh, the big one, Sacred Games, where he's uh, kind of a yeah. busted old cop who's 
never been particularly liked or done a great job, but like yeah. he he has a lot of failure in his life and he's trying to overcome that. Yeah. Like he he's willing to not be the most heroic type person all the time. Yeah. That's why I like him. I also think the actress playing his daughter, um, Alia Furnitrawala, I think she's great. I think she yeah, has she's really funny. good chemistry with him. Uh, it, it, it's interesting because you, you almost feel like they could have cast Saif Ali Khan's own daughter, Sarah yeah. Ali Khan. I'm glad that they didn't, though I think she is a pretty great actress with some questionable and problematic viewpoints as of late but as an actress i like her has she spoken up about black lives matter or something yes. oh right she was like all lives matter including elephants right i saw that yeah okay. yeah, she, yeah she she missed the mark there she should probably read a book yes <laughs> yeah but i, I liked alia furniture walla here and i i think it's hard kind of like this coming out so soon after sarah lee khan has kind of you know started her bollywood career it's hard not to see um, I don't know, shades of Saif Ali Khan's own life and persona uh, reflected here, where it just kind of feels like he's easing into this, like, yes, I'm a hot dad with an adult daughter, but I'm still lots of fun. Hot dad who f- <laughs> Yeah, so I I, I, I I, did really enjoy it. And, and I, I think Alia Fernshawala is great. She's great chemistry with Saif Ali Khan. I'm looking forward to seeing her in more things. I think this was a good debut. And yeah, this isn't an overly deep film. No, um, it's good though. But yeah, I think it's a good like family I don't know dramedy. If, I don't know if Jess Winter Jazz Singh is a particularly deep person. No. Who needs to have a <laughs> movie like that? But you know, it's good yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think the about a boy comparison is really good. If if you enjoy that kind of Nick Hornby thing, I think I think you could get on this film's wavelength. Mm-hmm. Okay, we still have a couple more films before. We have one more uh, before interval. We have two more before interval. Oh. Uh, so first up is... People say that this is good, but there is no way. There's oh. no way that this is good. I, I don't understand what those people are smoking. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, this is Malang, uh, which means Vagrant, the latest from Mohit Suri. Though I do not believe it is an adaptation or like a remake of anything. It's not the... Uh, uh, so good for you, Mohit Suri. It's, it's not the MIA song... Uh, Malang Malang, no. Malanga Malanga Malanga. No. Um, so, th- but this is very much in Mohit Suri's kind of ek villain mode. It stars Aditya Roy Kapoor, Great. Disha Patani, uh, and Anil Kapoor, who I was. He's supposedly the very- good part of the movie, right? Yeah, I mean, like, he seems to be having fun. Uh, basically, it is that a is... good endorsement of a movie though? That one of the actors appears to be having a good time because I <laughs> I feel like there's other things that we could look for. He's wearing like I swear I'm trying to remember, but I feel like at some point he's wearing like a mesh shirt that's like fake tattoos. Hmm, he's got like a fake sleeve on. <laughs> yeah, is yeah. he playing uh, R J from uh, race movies? Yeah, like maybe a darker version of RJ. He's kind of like a corrupt cop, a corrupt inspector. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> how to explain the plot of this? I guess basically uh, Aditya Roy Kapoor plays a guy who's been in jail for the past five years. And he gets out and starts... Um, or someone uh, starts like vigilante killings around Goa. Um, they're killing cops. And uh, Arjun Kapoor. Good? Not Arjun Kapoor. I don't know. <laughs> Anil Kapoor, you know, like maybe is going to get to the bottom of this. Meanwhile, we get flashbacks of Aditya Roy Kapoor falling in love with Disha Patani and, uh, you know, kind of what 
what happened to them. Uh, so it's it's one of these kind of revenge thrillers with some reveals and some twists. And like Ekvillen, you know, you, you're getting like the present day kind of revenge thriller with some flashbacks to a simpler love field time. Is, yeah. is it as good as Ekvillen? Because gotta say, not a high bar to clear. You know, I. I really did not care for this film. I kind of thought the trailer was a lot of fun, so I was kind of looking forward to it because I thought it could have a lot of energy and color and kind of like that sort of thing. And while it does have some energy and color, uh, Aditya Roy Kapoor is just as boring as he always is, unfortunately. Why, why is he? And, why do they still cast him in movies? I mean, he's very handsome guy, although I think his face... I don't know if he has an amazing face, but he's super like Jack, right? Mm-hmm. But... He's only ever good in movies when he's playing someone who's drunk. Mm-hmm. So, like, why does why does he keep getting work? Because I don't know. Why do people like him? I've I've been always been confused by this. He's handsome. He's handsome, but there's you can't throw a you know a rock in Bollywood without Bollywood without being a I handsome think, guy. Yeah, like I I do think he has a few good performances. Like yeah, Giovanni Hai Divani. Yeah, but yeah, I that's the only one. I don't find him overly interesting, uh, personally. Uh, anyways, the thing that I'll... The, okay, so the thing that really upset me about this film, or one of the things that upset me about this film, is sexual violence against women becomes a rather important plot point. Classic. It's a reason why to go kill cops. Um, yeah, it's... It, did I, I just solve I, the mystery right there? Is that what I just did? Yes. Wow. Um, I did it. Uh, and I think it's, yeah, it's used as a rather gross plot point um, to justify a lot of the violence. I disliked that. And I disliked how they don't, okay, so the the sexual assault that you spend the most time with is with, like, a woman who is white, but also is, like, fallen, like, She's, you know, addicted to drugs. Like, she's already, like, not a good girl. Sure. Um, She is not the only victim within the film, but I just, I thought it was really, I think her sexual assault is filmed in such a way that it's just really gross. It's that grindhouse sort of titillating way. Yeah, and, like, somewhat fetishized, and I just, I I was kind of appalled. Um, And I just thought it was interesting that, like, the other woman who was sexually assaulted is, like, the nice Indian girl, and... And we, you know, we, it's also gross, but we don't spend as much time like fetishizing that sexual assault as we do sure. with this, I mean, this drug this addict, this white woman's This drug happens addict. a lot of the time where like white women are a lot more promiscuous or allowed to be such, but yeah. the virginal Indian women are not. And I'm I mean, not, it's, it, it just kind of comes with the territory. Yeah. And I'm not upset with um, the kind of racial politics of that as like as a white woman, I'm not like, oh, why would you you know, show white women being so lowly. Like, that's not my issue here. Uh, My issue is just that it's done really, it's, it's really done really grossly. And I think there's a lack of empathy for this character, Mm -hmm. um, who we see go through a number of things. Like she, you know, she has this whole drug addiction and then tries to kind of recover from it. And I just thought that was a really cruel way to treat her character. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just think this movie's gross. Like I Hmm. just, Ugh, I did not like it. Um, the poster's kind of hilarious, though, in that like it has um, 
Well, it looks like the poster for the... No, there's another poster. There's another poster. This one reminds me of like a Drew Struzan poster for The Thing, (laughs) where there's a bunch of stuff like flying out in a star shape. I'll show you the other poster. It has Disha Patani uh, like on Aditya Roy Kapoor's shoulders and like hunched over kissing him. It's just, it's ridiculous. Oh, that's a really weird... (laughs) It's um, like a terrible angle. It's totally not romantic. Yeah, I mean, that just looks painful. Yeah. Anyways, I and also that doesn't that does not look like the trailer for a movie about a like a rape murderer. Yeah, I really hated this film. Yeah, it looks shitty. Didn't like it. Um, and there's like more gross reveals in it. It's very similar to Ek Villain. So if you like Ek Villain, maybe you like this. Uh, rounding out. If you like mediocre movies starring actors who. I think Siddharth Malhotra could do better, but I don't know if Aditya Roy Kapoor could do better. Yeah. Uh, oh, boy. Great. I'm this. just looking at this one, too. Great. <laughs> rounding out this section, we have Imtiaz Ali's second love, Ash Call. Starring... Why? Why did he do this? <laughs> starring Car- Is there anything in this movie that necessitates its existence? Starring Kartik Aryan, uh, Sarah Ali Khan, and Randy Pudet. Oh, Randy you know, Pudet's in this movie. <laughs> you know what? I, I think I liked this more than the internet does. Did you like it more than the original? No. Okay. No, but I, I did think Sarah Lee Khan was very good. I think, like, often in MTS Ali films, I find, like, there's kind of some jump in emotional logic. Where well, the people, girl's like a magic, manic pixie dream girl half the time. In his yeah, movies. where people seem to go from, like, happy to, oh, my God, crisis, emotional yeah. crisis. And, and sometimes I wish that, like, that stuff was kind of fleshed out a bit. Uh, so basically, Sarah Hagen Khan is like a free-loving, fun girl who starts dating Kartagarian and like... That was her first every, mistake. <laughs> everything is great. He's totally in love with her. Their families might not be that on board, but kind of Sarah Lee Khan starts to second-guess everything when she has to choose between her boyfriend and her career. And that kind of causes a crisis for her. Mm. Uh, and her mom, like, really pushes her to, like, choose her career. That's why her mom was, like, not at all interested in this relationship. Which So it goes from the in- 90s to today, though, right? Well, you get flashbacks with Randy Puda kind of explaining his own love life. So Randy mm-hmm. Puda is like He's the, the Saifali Khan. No, he's the Rishi Kapoor. Oh, right, yes. He's the Rishi yeah. Kapoor Ali Khan was, to, the, yeah, yeah. was the character. So Sarah Ali Khan's kind of the um, Saif Ali Khan. No, I think she's the Saif Ali Khan character. Oh, okay. Uh, Randy Puda is the Rishi Kapoor, so he kind of, you know... That means is, Kartik Aryan is the Deepika <laughs> Patekhan? <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> so Randy Puda kind of, yeah, he's, we get flashbacks of his life and his loves, and he kind of like tells his story to Sarah Lee Khan and acts as kind of like a re- relationship guru to her. You know, I I still don't understand the point of Kartagarian. Um, mm-hmm. Indian Adam Scott. Yeah, Indian Adam Scott. But I... He was good I, in I Luca Chupi. I, I kind of liked him in that movie. I Luca Chupi. Luca Chupi yeah. as well. Yeah, he was charming in that. I didn't... This, this wasn't like... This felt like pretty weak sauce from Imtiaz Ali. You know, this and his, his last one, Jab, Harry Met Sajal, I think are both kind of missing the mark. But I don't know. I think there were aspects of Sarah Lee Khan's performance and her story about kind of trying to figure out her own independence versus being in a relationship with someone and not wanting to give up a part of herself, but not wanting to give up, you know, this relationship that she developed. I don't know. I, I did, to a certain extent, kind of relate so to that. So you like the I female think. main character. and you know, 
Yeah, I yeah. liked her. I don't know if I liked everything in the film. Hmm. Um, she wears great costumes. Cool. Uh, I I still like her as an actress, even though I agree she should go read a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I just, I don't know. I wouldn't go out of your way to watch it. Everyone else hates it. But I was a little bit more positive on it, is all I'm going to say. You're the outlier. Yes. Okay, now it's interval, Matt. We did it. <laughs> We're only an hour in, and then... <sighs> For a year that had less movies released <laughs> and a pandemic, we've somehow managed to already talk well, for an hour. you didn't to a certain minute count. Yeah. Yeah, all yeah. right. Uh, we're going to be listening to Illegal Weapon 2.0 from Street Dancer 3. This is the song uh, that they dance battle to outside of the Olive Garden. Enjoy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> This episode of Bollywood is for Lovers is brought to you by World on Fire, a new podcast from CBC Edmonton. World on Fire is a new five-part series that takes you to the front lines of -of out-of-control wildfires in Canada, Australia, and California. Here's a preview. Some people say the end is near. Some say that it's already here. Holy When your backyard is burning, is anywhere safe? I'm Adrienne Lamb, and I'm hosting a new podcast called World on Fire. Along with wildfire expert Mike Flanagan, we're taking you to the front lines of fires burning out of control in North America, Australia, even the Arctic. We'll meet the reporters who are covering these devastating stories and hear from the people who, despite terrible loss, rebuild again and again. This goes on, and like when I grow up, maybe that this is going to be even worse, and I might actually be in a situation where there's a wildfire around me. We'll tell you what the future holds and take you inside the latest tools and technology, providing hope. That's World on Fire, a five part original podcast from CBC Edmonton, available on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find World on Fire on the CBC Listen app or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find it online at cbc.ca slash worldonfire. Taproot Edmonton has launched a service to answer your questions about Edmonton's response to the COVID-19 pandemic and our experience of it. The idea is to help you understand this complex and quickly evolving topic with succinct, well-sourced answers to any questions you might have. Find the COVID-19 microsite at taprootedmonton.ca. All right, so that was Illegal Weapon 2.0 from Street Dancer 3. Did I pick that song just so in the notes I could put the video of them dancing in the French Riviera Olive Garden in Dubai? Maybe. Was there an Illegal Weapon 1.0 in uh, one of uh, the earlier ones? Or? No, it's a, I, it's a remake of a Punjabi song. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Okay, well... This movie sucked. Okay. We did a poll <laughs> yeah. on Twitter to ask people what movie Matt should catch up with from 2020. And the options were Love Ashkal, 2020, Malang, 
or boot dash part one colon the haunted ship. How is this part one? Which Why? is the one I was rooting for. And it won. And it's the one that won. Yeah. <laughs> Thank Ugh. you, listeners. Yeah. Well, I mean. What what was it? What was the next runner up? Was it Malang or was it Lavage Call? It was Lavage Call. Okay. No one liked Malang. <laughs> no one wanted to hear you talk about Malang. I, I did, yeah. See some people defending Malang. And I just, I don't. I, the only thing I've heard is I that Anil Kapoor is like in, uh, enjoyably over the top and like bad. Like, yeah. like a bad lieutenant type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, he's presumably not the rapist, so we kind of like him. No, he's not. And he's like, like he's doing a bunch of encounter killings. I, <laughs> I again, I, I remember was, my disgust. We have the, to talk about boot here. I remember my disgust. <laughs> Something everybody the, could enjoy. Hang boot. on a second. <laughs> I remember my disgust over the plot and sequences in Malang, but there are so many twists and turns in that that I really hope my plot description earlier makes sense to anyone who's seen it. Well, Moving on. I'm never going to watch it. Who cares? Um, so, you know what? This movie, Boot Part 1, The Haunted Ship. I Sorry, Boot Dash Part 1, yeah, Colin, boot, The Haunted yeah. Ship. I'm not whenever, interested in watching Boot Dash Part 2, The Haunted House, or whatever it's going to be called. Whenever there's a title with like this much punctuation, I really like saying it. Yeah. Oh man, I wish there was an exclamation point at the end. Because I feel like this has got to be like legally distinct from Boot. Right. And I think they made a couple more I was expecting, after that one, right? I was expecting this to be a prequel to Boot. It's like, not. Like the ghosts got to the house, <laughs> the apartment building on a boat, <laughs> and then the end of the movie will be like ringing the doorbell at the apartment. Is that what you thought was going to happen? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, Ding dong, open the door. No one's there. They're dead. <laughs> I think of the three options you had, this was the most interesting film, though. It's the one I was rooting for. Yeah. So, like, Okay. Me and Hindi horror movies. We got a long history now. This was not a scary movie at all. This is a baby movie for children. But, like, I'll say that it it had production values much higher than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. So, like... And Vicky Koshal, I think, is very good. That, like, even for a movie about a ghost boat, like, it, it seems like it's going to be stupid. It doesn't even appear to be have anything to do with ghost ship. The other, it's not a remake of that. Like, it's a wholly original story apart from the fact that it's called itself Boots so that it gets linked up with other movies about Boots. Which means Ghost. Yes, it means Ghost. I feel like everyone knows that. It means Ghost Part 1, The Haunted Ship. There's a really good gif of uh, of Vicky Koshal in, like, a sound recording studio just going boot, boot, boot. Yeah. (laughs) It does not use the boot theme song that I liked so much, which kind of like a Bond opening theme Mm -hmm. for Ghosts. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we played that... So, I don't remember when we... In our very first Halloween episode. Yeah. No, but I, I think I sent it to McK- No, I put it on uh, Twitter when I was watching this movie. Oh, like, okay. I wonder when the theme song's going to pop up. Because <laughs> that theme song is a banger. I mean, okay, so this is Dharma Productions doing a horror movie. Yeah. And they did a kind of, like, spooky, rusty ghost version of the... Oh. Yeah, like a... And that might have been the best part of the movie. Yeah, like <laughs> the production uh, logo. Uh, Bloomhouse does that. Well, yeah. I guess like because they always do horror stuff, but then when they do non-horror stuff, they have like a non-horror one. Yeah, it's the other way around. Yeah, but like that might have been the best part of the movie. So this is not a scary movie. You could watch this with your grandma; she'll be fine. Um, and also, yeah, maybe you have a hardcore grandma. I don't know. I shouldn't be typing grandmas like that. You can watch this with a three-year-old. And they'll probably uh, not be scared. I don't know about that, but... Okay. 
would they Especially be... Especially because there's a lot of, like, children in peril. Do you think that... Does that matter to kids? Like, if they see a kid getting in trouble, does that bother them more than if they saw an adult getting in trouble? I think it can, because they identify more with children. Huh. I don't think I ever identified with children in my entire life. It depends Even on, when I was a children. I think I was a premature adult. It depends on the kind of kid you are. Yeah, okay. Like, obviously. Because I was like, Indiana Jones, that's but me. Look I at me, I'm running around. don't <laughs> think... Like, all three-year-olds would be comfortable with this film. Okay. Some three-year-olds would be fine watching this movie. It is not scary. Um, so Three-year-old Matt would have been fine. I would say that there is some kind of effective stuff using a VHS tape. But if you know anything about me, like, I find old media to be you the creepiest thing. You thought the video in the, the ring, ring video, was, oh, like, the yes. scariest thing about that whole thing. And I stand by that. Like The original ring or the remake? I never saw the remake. Oh. So the original, the original ring, the actual like five or six minutes like we watch Ringu. Of, no, no, sorry, yeah. Okay. I never saw Ringu. Okay, like, so the Naomi the American Watts one. one. Yeah. Okay. The original ring video. I've seen the original Ringu video. Yeah. And I didn't die, by the way. Oh. <laughs> Can you believe it? Um, so like that sort of creepy black and white student photography kind of thing, I find that genuinely unnerving. Yeah. But. A ghost running around in a boat, throwing things. Who cares? Can you <laughs> tell us what the plot of this is, please? Okay, but I, I'm leading up to it because... So, the movie starts with a bunch of people on a container ship. That's the kind of boat it is. Mm-hmm. Um, having a birthday party for a little girl. She goes downstairs, and there's kind of like a poltergeist thing. And then, like, ten years later, this hulking container ship that we, we're assuming is the one that we saw earlier kind of washes up on a busy city beach... And uh, Vicky Koshal, who is introduced um, by going to the docks and beating up a bunch of dock workers who we oh, can yeah. presume are uh, smuggling in uh, women for, like, sex slavery, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he's like a heroic dock worker slash, like, boat guy. <laughs> what is this? It says he's a shipping officer. Okay. Um <laughs> I had no idea what his job was, but it was like to break down boats. Why do people listen to these episodes? I don't know. They love the jokes. Anyway, he has to investigate this boat and how they could destroy it. And he finds out that there's a ghost on the boat. And he finds various artifacts on the boat. And he's able to put together what happened. Also, his wife died earlier, so he's very, like... Spoiler. No, you find that out really early. Yeah, Boomy Pendekar plays her in flashbacks. Yeah, Yeah. you find that out really early. His wife and kid died in a whitewater rafting accident. Okay, wait, I think it's a spoiler that his kid died. You're cutting that out. Okay. No, it isn't. Yeah, it is. Yeah? You think she's still alive because he's, like, talking to her and stuff. No, you you see... No, no, it's not a spoiler. Because in the first five minutes, like, she would be... Like, he picks up a, a string with a solo cup and he starts talking to it. And you see, like, the solo cup kind of in the other room just sitting there. Like, okay. he's talking to a ghost, or, like, you could maybe assume that they moved away or something. I felt like it was a bit of a reveal that she had passed away as well, but fair enough. Whitewater rafting accident. That's how his, his family died. But, but he's, he's grief He's haunted. Man. He's a haunted man whose job it is to break down ghost boats. And, <laughs> and he has to solve the mystery of the ghost boat. Um, the part that I found sort of unnerving is that there's there's a... Sort of a criminal conspiracy involving the boat, and one of the people who lives on there, she did a video kind of explaining, not explaining, just showing just sort of weird stuff happening on the boat, like they're smuggling gold and possibly drugs, and then we also see all the, um, well, a lot of the crew members just kind of lining up on the side of the boat and just jumping off. 
Mm-hmm. And this is disturbing because we don't know why they're doing that. We don't know. I feel like this film has some scary and disturbing parts in it. I, I think all the stuff that happened on the original boat, disturbing. Once we're dealing with ghosts, ghosts are not scary. <laughs> Point to me any movie once where a ghost was scary. The Orphanage. Okay, the one I haven't seen. <laughs> the Others? Mm. Eh, wasn't scary. Really? No. I, the I mean, I'm not scared of ghosts. Maybe if you hadn't seen The Sixth Sense, then, like, before you saw The Others. Sure, Even yeah. though I saw The Sixth Sense before I saw The Others, and I, I still think yeah, it, it kind of it kind of It kind of took that whole concept. But, like, I don't find ghosts scary because I don't believe in them. I find mysterious mysterious phenomena that have no explanation scary. Yeah. I do think... Like, if we... If there was never an explanation of what was going on with this ghost... Go, oh, this boat ghost. If there, was, like, if there was more unexplained stuff and the movie wasn't called Ghost the Haunted Ship... Yeah. I would be a little bit more creeped out. Because, like, things that have no explanation, regardless of if it's supernatural or not, just bizarre things that happened... That scares me. I think I do think this is on par with like a a good chunk of the lower budget kind of Bloomhouse stuff. Sure, you've um, seen more of those. Yeah, which I'm like I'm not. Crazy it's not the about. Con- like the Conjuring good. It, no, it's not the Conjuring good. Insidious, uh, sinister. Like those are all pretty solid. Yeah, and those are all the James Wan stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's not it's not as good as like Bloomhouse's The Invisible Man. I I don't think it kind of has the same. The same guts, but it's like it's better than Fantasy Island and Truth or Dare. Like, sure, you know, I, I don't know, I. It's a decent horror film. It's far from terrible as indie horror films can sometimes be. It's not quite Pari or NH10. Yeah, but I. It doesn't. I think Vicky Vicky Koshal is pretty good. It. it, it the commi- special effects are pretty good. And I commits, think there are some like creepy moments. It commits a Hindi horror. Um, Sin that they always do, oh, okay. which is putting in. This is way too early in the movie, by the way. But like, first part of the movie, creepy stuff on the boat ten years ago. Don't know what's going on. That's okay. Yeah. Then five minute love story of Vicky Koshal meeting his wife, going on dates and stuff with a nice song. Like you can't start with that. You had a good. Mm-hmm. There was a good beginning, and then it immediately comes to a halt by like, oh, they this want, guy likes his wife. They and, want you to care about him sure but i would have cared that his wife died anyway i don't need a song about it like like it was just assuming that i wasn't going to care that his wife died yeah and it tried to hammer the fact home to me and instead it just killed the entire momentum of the movie yeah and then it takes a while to get back and yeah it's okay by the end yeah it's 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 mediocre but i do like that dharma is trying horror movies yeah they're such a interesting studio them and clean slate are like the the production houses that I am always very curious to see what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's directed by Banu Pratap Singh. If uh, we didn't say that, uh, the next film I think you have a you have a lot more praise. You 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 enjoyed it a lot more. You have more praise for it. I mean, Boot was two and a half. This is a three. <laughs> so um, out of five. Shav Mangal Zadasav Don. So this is translated to extra careful of marriage and it's a quasi sequel slash like just in the same vein as Mm -hmm. um 
The prior one, Shubmangal Savdan, which I never saw. You saw that one. Yeah. That was about erectile dysfunction and featured Ayushman Karana. This is about being gay and also is a featuring Ayushman Karana. Yeah, and another cameo from Booby Pentakar. Yeah. So this is an interesting movie because um, Ayushman Karana is not the main character. So his his boyfriend, played by Jitendra Kumar, he is like the main character of the story. He's the mm-hmm. one who has to figure out what to do. And Ayushman Karana is sort of like the sexy. If this was a if this was a male female romance, he would be like the sexy girlfriend who just obsesses the guy, mm-hmm. and he can't. He has to figure out a way to make his life work. But she's not the main character. Neither is Ayushman Karana. Mm-hmm. He's he's kind of the catalyst to the story, but he's not the main character. No. And I thought that was really interesting that the main the like the the bigger star the bigger star in the whole movie is not the main character, and no. I like that. But it's about um, this kind of quarrelsome family, the Tripathis, who the dad invented this kind of black cauliflower yeah. that is annoying all of the uh, farmers in town. This is apparently not a real thing that happened. It's just made up for this. Yeah. And it's a wild backstory for, uh, A, why this family is like pretty well off, but B, they're constantly being belted by cauliflower everywhere they go. Yeah. <laughs> the son... Aman brings his boyfriend home for a wedding. His sister is getting married. Mm-hmm. His sister, Goggle, uh, she's wearing sunglasses all the time. She's actually got a glass eye. Um, she's getting married, and like the whole family is coming for this big, elaborate wedding. Uh, but along the way, uh, they find out that he's gay. Ushkran Karana is like, not just his friend. They're actually lovers. The, the dad actually figures this out first. Yeah, played by Gaj Raj Rao, who... This is not he's my favorite. He's always good. He's always good. This is not my favorite performance of him, his, but he is always good. He's playing the dickhead father who won't, like, listen to his children who are... Yeah. Right. And you liked that... So there's a couple things that I, I really enjoyed about this film. One, that they're already a couple from the get-go. Yes. It wasn't a, like, how I met my gay boyfriend. We don't get some flashbacks to even, like, how they met and fell in love. It's just, like, we start... They're in a relationship, and I just... I kind of like that setup that we don't need to spend that kind of... That time. They're also not that. stereotypically gay. No. Like, this is, there's a lot of other Hindi films where, like, the gay guy is lisping around. Yeah. He's wearing, like, he's either dressed as a girl or, like, is very stereotypical. These, like, if you can maybe tell a little bit based on... They have very nice haircuts. Yes. Like, if you could see, like, oh, these guys are really paying attention... Aish Makrana always has a nice haircut, though. Yeah, like, these guys are really paying attention to fashion and, like... They are doing a great job of what would be called a metrosexual like five years ago. Like, yeah. they're very handsome guys, and you might be able to guess that way if you're like someone in a city who sees lots of gay people all the time. Yeah. Uh, so I like that. It was it was not stereotypical uh, romance. And I also like that the fam like it's kind of revealed like the family finds out catches them kissing pretty early on. Yeah, within the first third of the movie. Yeah, and then you know kind of the dad the dad finds them at first and kind of has to wrestle with that, and then they kind of reveal it to the whole family. So. You know, we're not waiting for that to happen for the whole film. They kind of deal with that stuff really quickly. But then I think the second half of the film doesn't have... There's no narrative hook ...as much energy. Yeah. 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 And it's also kind of around... uh, Oh, I forget the name of it. But the law that was passed over the course of Made in Heaven... Right. That comes up in this too. Mm -hmm. So they're... um, It's decriminalized, essentially, Mm -hmm. their relationship. So... I mean, I, I never saw the first one. You could talk about that. But, like, I thought this was fine. It's, you know, a decent rom-com. Um, more like uh, Humpty Sharma Ki Dolhania, like, P. 
people running around a big event and getting into various, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mix-ups? Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think between this and at Kladki, it's exciting to see more queer stories in mainstream Hindi cinema. I like that Kladki better, though. I, I also like a Kladki better. I I would hope that we get more because mm-hmm. it this, this it's this is important. This Ekla- is very important. Ekla- like- he has the whole play thing and also the fact that Rajkumar Rao thought that he was in a romantic triangle when he in fact he yeah. was not. I think that had a bit more like substance to the story. Yeah, yeah, but I, you know, again, I think like it's a solid Bollywood rom-com that just happens to have a gay couple at the center of it. And so, you know, it does get kind of um preachy at times because, you know, Ayushman Karana really, you know, wants to fight for his love. I do like the scene, you know, where he's going on about, like, why is it always Jack and Jill? Why is it never Jack and Johnny? Yeah, he's at, um, he's at a train station listening to a kid say a nursery rhyme, and he's just like, actually, this is how it went to me. Yeah. And he commiserates with uh, Goggle, who her, I, her her wedding doesn't go as planned. I love Goggle. Goggle's I, good. I love everything with the girl who is trying to get with Aman. I love the kind of reveals at the end. I don't know. You, you said you gave this a three out of five. I I agree it's not as strong as Ekladki, but I would I would give it a bit higher. I do think it's really fun. It's got a great. It's points for difficulty. Yeah, it's got a great Bappy Lahiri, Lahiri song. Uh, it has a great Bappy Lahiri song at the end, which I think is really fun and has lots of energy. This is like a colorful cast of characters. Yeah, I love a big I, family I think, of misfits. That's always good. Yeah, I love the family of misfits. I think what you had said when you were watching it that I don't disagree with is that the chemistry between Ayushmankarana yeah. and J- Jitendra Kumar could be better. Yeah, we... They're not... I guess it kind of goes into the fact that they've been together. Like, they don't meet over yeah. the course of this. And they're also not over-the-top people. So... Their chemistry is more subtle. Like... I think that on one hand, it's good that it's subtle. They're not, like, falling all over each other. But on the other hand, it's tough to see what they really have in common. I do really like that kind of opening sequence, though, where you're introduced with them and they're kind of, like, on... They're dressed in superhero costumes because they were trying yeah. to sell toothpaste. And they're on, like, um, like a scooter, like a bike, and they're going around town. And you see another couple, like a, a boy and a girl, and, like, Ayushma Krana, like, looks at the girl and then, like, hugs him, hugs... Jachendra Kumar like a little tighter and there's like this kind of like knowing glance between the, I, I think that stuff is pretty cute um, and I think I love all the scenes with one of them like running for the train and the other yeah one they together. do the kind of yeah so I guess I guess one of the things I found most endearing about this film was seeing these two men um, really earnestly embracing these romantic Bollywood tropes that we see and mm-hmm. I, I, I think I think it is earnest I think that this film really you know really wants to practice what it preaches it it does believe that you know mm-hmm. gay marriage should be legal and the cauliflower thing is crazy though. the cauliflower thing they spend is like they spend like 10 or 15 minutes on like he invented he genetically modified this cauliflower and all these yeah. farmers hate him and all the stuff about the cauliflower and it doesn't actually work at the end like it's rotten yeah it that was weird but the film like, was the a big film's time heart is in the right place and i yeah. understand you know, how this film is, is very meaningful for, you know, LGBTQ Bollywood fans, you mm-hmm. know, um, like Ekladki was, but I agree Ekladki's a bit stronger. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's Shev Mangal Ziada Savdan, which I will say, I think I liked better than the last one. I wasn't crazy about the last one, personally. 
Uh, so that brings us to another oh. interesting film. And I also watched this one. Yeah, yeah. This is the very first time in a um, wrap-up episode like this that Matt is in charge of describing more films than I am. Because I've been, you know, there's been a, not a lot of reasons to leave the house lately, so I've been sitting at home watching yeah. these. Uh, this is my pick for best volume film of the year so far. Oh, Just really? my cards out. Oh, I would pick Choked over this, but mm-hmm. this is very good. Yeah. Uh, so Tapid uh, translates to Slap. Um, directed by Anubhav Sinha. And Who, again, has a career that absolutely fascinates His me. career is wild. Uh, no, ro- no raw one cameo in this one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, moved, he did Article 15 yeah, last mo- year. Like he just Moved from superhero to <laughs> sort of message pictures. But also message pictures that are interesting enough on their own that it doesn't feel like you're just learning. And so well shot. Like the cinematography yeah. in this... And Article 15, uh, I think, you know, there's some of the best shot films of, in Bollywood in the past couple years. Yeah, sure. so this features Hapsi Panu, and she's kind of the... Oh, and Ratnapathak Shah's another big name, but Tapsi Panu is really the biggest name in the movie. And Dear Mirza. Yeah. Uh, so she plays Amrita. She's married to a guy named Vikram, and they uh, they are pretty well off. Yeah. He works at some finance firm, and the first 10 minutes of this are interesting, but I think they went a little bit too far. So it's it's following, like, average days in the life of this family. Yeah. They don't have a kid, which is kind of an issue. Uh, but she's a perfect housewife, and she looks after her uh, husband, who's too busy with his high-power, important job to remember to put his wallet in his pants or make any food or, like, he's basically babied by his wife. But it's important that we say that he she is satisfied she's with fine her with life. Yeah. She... She sees, you know, that she she doesn't feel like she's given anything up to become a No, housewife. it's not like Panga. No, she sees them as a team that, you know, kind of she takes care of the domestic life. He takes care of the business side of things. She's got a, like, she teaches dance for a local mm-hmm. child. Um, like, she's got hobbies and things, too. Like, she's not just stuck at home all day long. Yeah. But, um... What I found in this opening sequence that annoyed me was the music. Because mm. it was sort of like sitcom-y, everything's perfect, you know. It was like the Lego movie, basically, with the <laughs> everything is awesome song. Awesome. And it's just like, yeah, I, I know the movie's called Slap. Like, I know something's going to happen. Yeah. You kind of don't need to hit me over the head with how, uh, how great everything is. Like, mm-hmm. you could be a little bit more subtle. Mm-hmm. Uh, the husband thinks he's going to get an important... Uh, career advancement where he can they can move to London yeah. and make more money and he's very excited about this doesn't really seem to care what his wife thinks about it uh, just assumes that she'll be excited too mm-hmm. but at this party that they're holding to celebrate it uh, he learns that actually he's getting passed over it's not happening and he gets into well, an argument it's sort of happening but yeah he's not in charge yeah of it. he won't be in charge he's not in charge of the new branch or whatever yeah. so he's in an argument with uh, another with a colleague and his wife comes up, and in a moment of weakness, he slaps her in the face. Yeah. And uh, this is where the movie... In front of everybody. In front of everybody. Very embarrassing. And this is where the movie starts to get interesting, because um, it essentially just knocks her out of what had been up to this point a perfectly fine existence. She um, kind of is a little bit dazed, and the whole party looks at her, and then she walks to her room... And some of the other women kind of come and comfort her and say, like, oh, he didn't know what he was doing. 
Um, it was a moment of weakness, etc. A lot of people tell her to get over it. Yes, but, well, that's that's what happens. Is yeah. she tries to divorce her husband, and everyone's just like, "He slapped you one time." I mean, uh, her housekeeper gets beat up by her husband all the time, um, which is play for laughs at the beginning, essentially because. Um, yeah. Tabsy Piner's just like, oh, you pissed him off again, huh? And it's kind of like a running joke they have. But what happens is that she goes all the way with it. She's just like, yeah, I mm-hmm. don't need to be slapped. Didn't sign up for this. Well, don't deserve she, this. So She falls out of love with him. Like this mm-hmm. moment. She didn't know he had it in him. This moment is a catalyst for her to look at her life and realize that he doesn't see her as an equal. Mm-hmm. She sees, and, it's, he's a, and once she's, another mother. Yeah, and once she sees a side of him... That she doesn't love, she falls out of love with him, and she mm-hmm. kind of can't go back. And it's also a catalyst for a lot of the other women in the film to reflect on women's roles, gender politics, and domestic violence and domestic abuse. And so her her housekeeper, uh, you know, is is a domestic abuse victim, and she kind of you know is inspired to stand up for herself a bit more in some scenes that I think are very hard to watch. They are, but it's never. That is never resolved. That's that's the thing that kind of annoyed me yeah. about this too. Um, the lawyer she employs, who you know, is also kind of saying like, "Oh, maybe you should let this go. Maybe you should get over this." But who does ultimately pursue it? You see her own romantic life, and she is. We, yeah, we see we see her deal with not, not some great. domestic abuse. Yeah, she um, kind of married into a famous family, lawyering family. Yeah, um, her brothers, Tapsy Panu's brothers. Uh, girlfriend who's an assistant at the lawyer office, you kind of see how this interaction puts some strain in between uh, the relate the, the the brother and the girlfriend. Mm-hmm. The Essentially, the family says like, "Yeah, we don't get divorced. We don't we don't yeah. give up on things like that." Um, and Topsy Punner's just like, "I've given up inside. It's it's just a matter of time before I give up, um, you know, legally." Yeah, her her dad. Dad's great. Good dad. This has been. This, I feel like dad. this is a good. This is, so far has been a good year for Bollywood dads. Uh, her dad is totally supportive and like, no, this is not acceptable. This is not okay. Well, she moves out of her house, moves in with yeah. them, and he's like, "What do you need? I'll help you out." And even her mother's just like, you know, sometimes it's not great with your husband. And the dad's like, "Nope, that guy sucks. You could stay here yeah, as long as you want." This is not acceptable. And I think what's really important that this film really drives home is that one slap is enough. Yeah. One like one. He does not slap. seem like a violent guy at all. No, really. Like, but, but one, the fact that he was able to go there means that he could go there again. One slap is enough, and then also like what is revealed about him during these divorce proceedings. Obviously, yeah, he's like, an totally. Um, that that actor Pavel Galati, <laughs> he is a very believable dickhead with the mind of a child. Really, yeah. Like this cast is so good. He he. he it takes him. I I don't want to say, but like. Something that you would probably do reflexively in a situation like that, it takes him like two hours to do. Yeah. Right? Like, he thinks so little of his wife that it doesn't even cross his mind that she would be annoyed, even bothered by the fact. He, he's more like, yeah, can you believe I didn't get that job? It sucks, right? Like, meanwhile, slapped in front of all your friends and family, <laughs> completely embarrassing. Like, 
He is the most self-centered person. He's a real asshole. It would be tough for me to watch another movie and not think of him as being this guy. I think this film is so well acted. Everyone is just is great. It's going to be um, tough for these... he's going to get typecast as a <laughs> like as a man-child dickhead though. And these these characters feel so well realized, and I love I love the way that the film kind of shows these montage has these montages of kind of how all these women are living their lives and they're kind mm-hmm. of. Uh, relationships with the men in their life and I just I don't know I found this such an empathetic film mm-hmm. I, I think it's the cinematography is absolutely gorgeous I think the camera works perfect oh I guess um, Vikram's mother is an interesting character too because yeah. she's living with them she's diabetic and I think over the course of the movie we see her sort of understand what Tepsi Pine is talking about mm-hmm. she doesn't really talk very much and she's like quite ill but I think she eventually kind of comes on board and that that's an interesting character arc to watch yeah and Tapsy Pine was so good Tapsy Pine was great um her and uh Swastika Mukherjee in Patolok both had very realistic depictions of a someone getting knocked out of their reality like Mm -hmm. Swastika Mukherjee has a panic attack I've seen people have a panic attack that was spot on or seeing someone who's very seems very self-assured kind of get knocked out of their rut. Mm-hmm. Not rut. They're kind of knocked out of their wheelhouse. Complacency. Yeah, they don't really... They had no idea what was going to happen, and then something, you know, strikes. Uh, Top Spiner does a great job of that. Yeah, I just... I love this film. I, I really think Anubab Sinha just kind of... He, he really wants to look at this from all angles, and I think he really drives home uh, how... How complacent people can be towards violence against women, and, and how we well, should think not about be. like every other Hindi film you've seen. Exactly, and so I think that's why it's so important that it's not that there's a pattern of abuse; that it's just one slap. One is all you need. I I think that that's so important, and I just yeah, I I really love this film. I recommend it to everyone. Uh, it's my favorite Bollywood film of the year so far, easily. It was very good. Yeah, love it. Uh, so... What about this next one? I feel like you're gonna have some. <laughs> Thoughts on this? Another insightful approach to the human spirit. I don't. I don't even know how to start explaining this. Uh, Boggy three. He fights a country, (laughs) right? Yeah. So this is Boggy three, which God, these movies suck so much. I have. I haven't seen this one, but if it's anything like the first two, it probably is just a piece of shit. Yeah. So I can officially tell you that. Boggy that the Boggy films have no narrative connection uh, running through them. Like we were confused with Boggy two, like a, what how it connected to the narrative and timeline of Boggy. When did he get adopted by uh, the martial arts school? <laughs> but this is very clear. Boggy three has no narrative connection to the previous films. Uh, Sharada Kapoor is a, returns in this one, and she's playing a completely Great. different character. Oh boy! But it's <laughs> very wait. it's very confusing because like. They use the same, the same names. names. So I kept thinking, like, but they know each this okay. Um the, Ooh, the Jai cut, J. in this movie. Yeah. I like him. I'm <laughs> just looking at the cast list because I'm completely bored by the movie. Um the, oh yeah. So it's it's once again, it's Tiger Shroff, it's directed by Ahmed Khan, and it is a remake of the Tamil film um Vatai. Vatai? Vatai. We're going Vatai. Um, yeah, it is not good. Uh, the action is ridiculously over the top, 
And basically... Is it even fun, though? You know, I guess it has some moments. Um, Basically, the crux of this one is that uh, Tiger Shroff has to go to Syria, I believe. his name is Yeah, Ronnie has to go to Syria to... Uh, save his brother who's been kidnapped. His brother's played by Ritesh Deshmukh. Uh, yeah, Shraddha Kapoor's in it as the love interest. Yeah, Vijay Varma is also in it. Uh, I I don't have much to say about this. The action is like ridiculously over the top. At one point, Tiger Shop is like fighting helicopters. He fought a helicopter uh, in the second one. Yeah, it's like more than one this time. Oh, okay. Uh, he defies the laws of gravity all the time, but it didn't. It doesn't have the like fun action elements that like something like war does or even like Tenhaji, uh where you just like are enjoying the ride it just mm-hmm. it feels so forced and so much is mo to the point of ridiculousness uh siri is really painted as um i think rather stereotypically in a, in a way that i think you know borders on offensive I, do I have to keep talking about this movie? No, Are it you sucks. Good? Okay. Boggy one, suck. Boggy two, even worse. Presumably Boggy three, even worse. Thank you for not making me watch this. I'm so glad uh, that we're done that. Uh, and this this next one is very bittersweet. Yeah, so I just watched this yesterday too. Maybe not yesterday, a couple days ago. So this is Angrezi Medium. Mm-hmm. So I never actually saw Hindi Medium. You did. Yeah, it's great. Um, but I understand that it's these are kind of just linked by having. Um, yeah, we've been talking about a lot of films that are like spiritual, spiritual sequels. Yeah, like, yeah. This so like Hindi Medium is about getting your kid into a good school, and so is Angrezi Medium, and yeah. they both have Irfan Khan in them. Oh, it even says it's a spiritual sequel on, on uh, Wikipedia. Yeah, the actress who plays the uh, this is totally on a side. The actress who plays the uh, Irfan Khan's wife in like the flashback in Hindi Medium is the girl that's going to be in the Tipios remake. Oh, okay. So, good. keep in mind I have not seen Hindi Medium, which I understand was, like, better. Mm-hmm. But I kind of liked Angrezi Medium. <laughs> it is a real shaggy dog story with a bunch of things that happen. I will not explain the whole plot because a ton of stuff happens <laughs> in this plot. But it's about uh, Irvon Khan plays a man who owns a candy store. Sweet shop. Yeah, sweet shop. And his candy store is involved in many legal proceedings because it's, it is the, um, it's using his grandfather's name, his great grandfather's name, this famous name for candy. I guess it would be like Hershey or something like yeah. super popular name for candy. His cousin who has a uh, store across the street and they get in brawls with each other all the time. He also uses his <laughs> name. So there's legal proceedings about that all the time. There's a whole family of them. They get in fights. His daughter, played by Radhika Madan, wants to go to school in England. Mm-hmm. Um, she tells him that she's... She was from uh, the man with no, with, who doesn't feel pain. Yeah. yeah. So she says... She's a 55% average student. Like She's <laughs> actually not very good at school. They're more of a street smarts family, I'll yeah, say. But, but she really wants to go to England. She says that it like she'll pull up her grades to a 90 to get a full-ride scholarship to Trueford University in England, yeah. which I don't think is real. I don't think so. Um, and surprisingly enough, she does. She gets her grades up that high. Irfan is kind of... It's funny because people are like, you think you would be excited that your, your daughter's getting better at school. <laughs> but he's kind of sad because like, the wife died. They're, to, they're together all the time. He'll be lonely, right? Yeah. Uh, but she gets her grades up. She gets the scholarship. But uh, Irfan kind of blows it at the uh, 
um, the sort of the assembly where they're handing out the award. The graduation ceremony, I guess. Yeah, because the judge in a case previous to him where he was ruled against, he knows that the judge was corrupt yeah. and then calls him out there because uh, the judge is doing a speech. Yeah. The judge is also the principal's husband. <laughs> and the principal rips up her uh, recommendation to Truford University yeah. and throws it in her Khan's face. So the daughter is obviously very sad. And Irfan says, okay, no matter what, I'm going to get her to that university. I don't care how much money I have to spend. Hijinks ensue. Lots of hijinks ensue. <laughs> she eventually does get to England. Um, but, yeah. This movie is also sort of about, a little bit about illegal immigration. It feels like they're making it up as they go along. Yeah. I think that's my biggest. I loved Hindi Medium. I think it's. I think that movie is 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 wonderful. Uh, this one just like totally feels like they're making it up as they go along. Well, you know what this feels and I'm like not to... sure I entirely understand the overall theme or message okay. of this. Do you film. know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of like an '80s comedy. Okay. Like planes, trains, and automobiles, or yeah, that's fair. Maybe Midnight Run, kind of, because it Irfan and his cousin, played by Deepak Dobriel. Deepak Dobriel. They. Uh, Go to England to try and get her into the school. Uh, they run into uh, Ranveer Shori, who is an Indian guy who has uh, essentially tried to turn himself into an Englishman. He's actually a crook. And they get into a variety of misadventures. Karina Kapoor Khan is a cop who arrests him at some point. The cast, the cast of this is stacked. In addition to the people you've mentioned, uh, Dimple Kapadia. Plays uh, Karina Kapoor's mom. Yeah, so good. Uh, Pankaj Tripathi shows up in kind of extended Dubai fixer who, <laughs> who gets them back into England with Pakistani passports. Uh, Tilatama Shome shows up for a brief cameo. Like, it's, it's a really good cast. You really feel like everyone showed up to... Supporter fun. But this is, the, like, apart from the stuff with his daughter, this is kind of like an 80s comedy where two mismatched uh, guys have to deal with a variety of silly problems. Yeah. Yeah. That's the vibe I got uh, from it. And I kind of was on that wavelength. I will say I enjoyed it a bit more the second time while you were watching it. I think the poignancy of knowing this yes. is Irfan Khan's last role that, certainly I mean, has an effect. That's definitely going to change um, the way you watch a movie. And I also thought that he didn't look super well in some parts. Again, you're also looking that kind of I am, yeah. with the knowledge. Um, although, you know, we 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 knew he was sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I was excited when this came out because I was excited to see him. Anytime you see your fun is a good day. Uh, yeah. Uh, in, I, I will say, ultimately, the thing that I enjoy about this film is it really feels like everyone is having fun. Yes. It feels like Irfan Khan is having a great time. It feels like the whole cast is like just you can tell that he's breaking there. while saying lines because he's yeah. he's laughing. He's having um, a good time. I think it's interesting that anyone that is potentially set up to be a romantic interest turns out not to be. Like yeah. it's like you think like oh that that guy teaching the daughter how to tutor he's gonna be a romantic. No. No. no, no. Although he comes no. back at the end, he does. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a really it's a it's a it's a weird movie. It's it's messy. Yeah, it's messy, but I like. I wonder it, if they had to edit it together. Its no, it it also doesn't seem like they had to edit it together from like scenes. Some of it the scenes, just feels like they're making it up as they yeah, go along. A lot of the scenes do feel improvised. Yeah, yeah, it's really silly. Directed by Homie Adajania, uh, who I quite like. Uh, he did Being Cyrus and Cocktail and Finding Fanny. So I. I do think this is maybe his weakest this, film. This does have the but... energy of the um, the flashbacks to Ranveer Singh at the wedding 
yeah. in Finding Fanny. I just love those. Like a bunch of crazy things keep happening. It, it kind of has that feel for me. Yeah. Uh, so, Angrezi Medium was one of the last, I think it was the last Bollywood film released in theaters mm-hmm. this year. Um, because shortly after it came out, the uh, coronavirus pandemic really started to, you know, become a pandemic, a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and theaters around the world have had to close. So our next two films were released online. And so the first one that we're going to discuss is the latest from Anurag Kashyap. This, this is my favorite movie of the year. Okay. Well, this is Choked, Paisa Boltahai. It stars Sayami Kerr, who I last saw in Mirzia, which I thought was terrible, but I did not think... It was terrible, but it was not her fault. No, I didn't think it was her fault. It so had a, just a ridiculous screenplay. I didn't... I, I wouldn't say that I was excited by her performance in Mirzia. I am excited by her performance here. It also has Roshan Matthew as her husband. This is and okay. So this there's been good dads this year, but yeah. also great dirtbag husbands. Because <laughs> Roshan Matthew is just yeah, he, he's a very believable layabout. Yeah, um, and Amrita Sabash as uh, her neighbor in really like a scene. She's the scene stealer, I think. Yeah. Uh, so the plot of this is very simple. I think it's a fairy tale. Yeah, Sayani Care uh, kind of plays. She's a bank teller. She once had aspirations of being a singer, but her life maybe hasn't turned out the way she wanted it to. Her and her husband uh, aren't really well off, and they kind of live in this dingy apartment. The title comes but, from her choking on kind of a Star Search type yeah. show. He was playing guitar, and she was supposed to sing, and she choked. She couldn't sing, and he blames her for this. Yeah. Um, late at night, though... Uh, the her kitchen sink, the pipe in her kitchen sink starts backing up, and piles of money start falling. Yeah, out of rolled it. up into bags. Yeah. Uh, shortly after this money starts appearing in her drain, demonetization happens in India, and that sends kind of everyone into a frenzy, and it makes her job as a bank teller very difficult and surprisingly dangerous. And these are the bills that are going to be taken out of circulation. So mm-hmm. she's kind of found a gold mine of money, but she also can't like has to get rid of it. Because it's not going to be worth anything anymore. But she's a bank teller. She's, she's, she's actually uniquely set up to be able to deal with that. Yeah. And because she's a bank teller, you know, everyone kind of wants uh, her help and to get a piece of her to kind of uh, use her her job so that they can get their bills exchanged. Yeah. Each teller um, has a certain amount of bills per day that they could switch to the new ones. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, Anurag Kashyap is very critical of Modi in this mm-hmm. film. Uh, he, it's, it's a very political film in many respects. Uh, but I think it's also like, it's a really fun movie with some really, some really interesting characters. And I think Sammy Kerr is, is fantastic. She's so mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. What, what did you love about this so much? Why is this your favorite film of the year so far? Or your favorite Bollywood film of the year so far? Okay. So I really liked the, the sort of fairy tale aspect yeah. of her life is not great. Her yeah. husband is a layabout. Her son makes fun of her. She lives in this colony full of a bunch of weirdos who are always kind of getting up in her business. Mm-hmm. Everyone's gossiping all the time. Uh, the neighbor down the hall is trying to marry her daughter off. It's just like a stressful place to live. And then magically, she b- finds a bunch of free money. Yeah. I'm not going to say how it gets there. But like, it kind of comes out of nowhere, just free money. And then even though she's like the most perfect person to deal with this free money, it also changes her life in ways that she would not have imagined. Right. So 
it's kind of a wish fulfillment thing, right? Like, what would it be like if you found a bunch of money during a time when the idea of money is becoming very political? Mm-hmm. Um, the movie does not go into this very much, but the idea behind demonetization was to get rid of dark money. Mm-hmm. And the husband, who apparently has an opinion on this for some reason, thinks that, oh, yeah, the president, he's great, Modi. Did you know he went on a month-long fast before he did this to make sure he was doing it right? He's going to get rid of all the dark money that's uh, screwing up our economy. Just you wait. Meanwhile, the bank teller, who knows all about how the fiscal system works in the country, she's just like, yeah, okay. Um, But it's basically just how money controls every part of everyone's lives. And even if you do get free money, you can't spend it. Yeah. So be careful what you wish for. But also... Maybe the government shouldn't be making decisions like this. I also really like that the stuff that she buys is like household stuff, mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting because I was like, man, I'd go out and buy a lot of shoes. You would, but then you would get caught. Yeah, it's She's true. smart. She, she is very she, smart. She like incrementally increases their standard of living, but she doesn't like buy a new house or something. Yeah. You know? And I thought it's kind of got um, To Live and Die in L.A., which is about uh, mm-hmm. forging money, mm-hmm. and also Goodfellas because... Later on, there's a day that just gets extremely stressful. And I thought, like, oh, it's sort of like that, that last day for Henry Hill before he gets arrested. Right. It's kind of her putting together a plan to get everything done under the wire before demonetization mm-hmm. happens. And, yeah, I just thought it was really good. Um, I thought the... There's a lot of creativity, too. Like, you see kind of, like, some nightmares and stuff. And I think yeah. I think Cash App kind of presents those in a really interesting way. But, like, I don't... I think I've seen all of his movies, except for the very first one, which never really got released. Um, but I can't remember too much in the way of, like, a domestic drama that he's done. It's usually gangster movies or things that are, like, specifically about um, uh, film or terrorism or... We've never seen That Girl in okay, Yellow yeah, Boots. Yeah. yeah. But he does movies about boxers, serial yeah. killers, gangsters, um... No Smoking is a surreal Stephen King adaptation, Mm -hmm. but it's mostly kind of like macho, Mm. right? Kind of bro-y. This, I think he actually did a really good job of a Indian housewife dealing with the domestic domestic sphere. I didn't think he had it in him, but he did. But it's also also an Indian housewife who gets dealt the hand of a bunch of illegal money. Yeah, it's, it's a really, I think it's a really fun film. It's really funny. Uh, yeah, soundtrack I is really, amazing. I'm surprised that the reviews aren't better. Uh, they're kind of a bit tepid. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe people had high expectations from Cash Yap, uh, as they often do from a director you know who has kind of the reputation who has the kind of reputation that he has. Uh, but yeah, I I enjoyed it, and I don't know. Maybe because we're removed to a certain extent from the political aspect uh, that. I, I think him being kind of overly, really clear with his politics and overly political, uh, that didn't bug me. I, I don't mind kind of yeah. political filmmaking. But so. also, everyone is stuck at home right now, right? <laughs> yeah. And a movie that is so much about how your own house can be a huge pain in the ass with your, your husband, mm-hmm. but also magic money can show up and change your entire life. I think that's really poignant right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it a lot. That's my favorite of the year. Uh, so that's far. your favorite of the year. All yeah. right. Do you want to tell us about our last film of the episode, Matt? Gulabo Sitabo. Gulabo Sitabo. Sure. So, and this one was supposed to come out in theaters. Yeah. But unfortunately, 
Uh, unfortunately, because of you know there being a global pandemic, uh, it's been it's gone straight to Amazon Prime. So this is the latest movie by Shujit Sarkar, who did. Oh, I've seen a lot of these. So, yeah. uh, Pink, pretty good. Piku, good. Madras Cafe, decent. Vicky Donor, yeah, he's. He a, produced Pink. He didn't direct. Okay, it. he's an interesting director. And October. October, you didn't care for October, but a lot of people do like that yeah. movie. Um, and the, yeah, this was supposed to be in theaters, and it's the story of um, Amitabh Bachchan and Aishman Karana, who are a landlord and a tenant, respectively, in this big old haveli, which is falling apart in Lucknow. Mm-hmm. And if you had told me, I tweeted this, if you had told me that this was the adaptation of like a 50-year-old sitcom that has just gone on forever, which is like a cat and mouse game between a landlord and a tenant who keep getting into different schemes against each other, I would have believed you. Yeah. Because it feels like very lived in. Mm-hmm. They're, they're kind of archetypes, but it's the sort of archetype that you get, right? It has a sitcom aspect, yeah. Yeah. And Gulabo Sidibo, as far as I understand, is sort of like a, a puppet show mm-hmm. that you see right at the beginning and could be compared to like a Punch and Judy show. That's what it reminded me of. But about like feuding women, where mm. this is feuding men. So Amitabh Bachchan uh, plays uh, Mirza, who is this old man who owns a haveli that... Well, he doesn't own it. His, his wife owns a haveli, but he kind of runs the place. She's yeah. bedridden most of the time. And he's obsessed with uh, the haveli, his mansion. He talks about it all the time. He can't and wait he's for his... obsessed with owning it. He wants his yeah. wife to die so he can take possession. He can't so... wait for his wife to die. His wife, pretty resilient, though. She's 17 years older than him, so she's in her 90s and he's in his 70s. Yeah, she's 70s. played by Farouk Jafar. Yeah, and she was in a Photograph as mm-hmm. uh, um, Nawaz Siddiqui's grandma, I think. Mm-hmm. Amitabh Bachchan, it's kind of, he's like, he's kind of like Sc- Scrooge. Yeah. He's that kind of archetype of like a money-grubbing guy who hates his tenants and also has to sort of kowtow to his wife. He's an interesting character. And then Aishma Karana plays Bonki, who runs a flour mill mm-hmm. and is trying, always trying to find ways to not have to pay the rent. Um, there's a scene where he pretends that his, his sister pretends that she's sick mm-hmm. and they don't have any money. They spend it all on medicine. Uh, Mirza shows up. They explain the whole thing to him. And then the, uh, the microwave dings. And it's yeah. like, wait, how do you have money to... What are you cooking in your microwave? You say you don't have any food. How are you? How did you buy a microwave? <laughs> so it's this kind of running battle between these two that you can imagine had been going on for years. Yeah, and they're both obsessed with like trying to get the mansion. Yeah, they're trying to get one over on each other. So then Vijay Raj shows up <laughs> as uh, Gyanesh, who works for like the archaeology board of Lucknow. Yeah. And he's interested in the Haveli because it's like one of the last ones that isn't owned by the government. And he thinks it should be an archaeological site. He tries to play both uh, Bunky and Mirza off and say like, oh, well, if the government buys this building, we can, you know, use it for such and such purposes. There's also a lawyer named Christopher, played by Brigenda Kala. He is working with Mirza to figure out how Mirza can take over the building once his wife dies. Mm-hmm. It's important to note that Mirza never, like, tries to kill his wife. It's not, no. like, a murder-type comedy. It's more like, oh, she'll... He does try and take her fingerprints. Yeah. He, like, she'll kick the bucket one day, and when she does, you know, jackpot, baby. Yeah. Um, he certainly wants her to die. Yeah, but he's not, like, trying to murder her. No. Um, the sister's also really good. She's Tr- really good. Tristy Srivastava. She's going to school. He's... He's kind of illiterate, so she has to explain to him various concepts. 
And she's the smart one. She kind of understands what everyone's up to, and she does not trust. She talks BJ to the Ross, lawyer, yeah, and she's right in not trusting B.J. Ross. Yeah, this is a really interesting movie. I think it. I don't know. I don't know if it was the most cinematic experience I've ever had. I think it Luck- looks good. Lockdown looks good, and there's a ton of good actors in it. But like, I wasn't crazy, but I used Karana's lisp. Yeah, it is a fairly low stakes movie though I also it's, it's kind crazy. of a it's like a chill out movie yeah I wasn't crazy about like the prosthetics on Amitabh Bachchan either I don't know yeah. why he loves doing that well like I said when we were watching it he is one of the most famous faces in the world and I think that he probably gets tired of it sometimes he, just, he has this giant no nose I kept thinking of Nicole Kidman yeah <laughs> in the hours I, uh, it's almost a racial stereotype his costume yeah, I I think it's funny. I especially loved all the stuff put with Farouk Jafar. I think she's really funny. Uh, she's th- very deadpan. I think the twists that happen in this film are really satisfying. I I did really enjoy it. Uh, you know, does it would it stick out to me as much if maybe we you know had more stuff to discuss, had more movies? I don't know, but I did enjoy it. Yeah, like sitcom aspect. I think yeah. this could just be a TV show. Yeah, I but. loved I loved the sister. I just I think if it had focused more on her and less on Yushman Krano, it would have been a lot stronger. Yeah, and we've seen her in other movies. Though I guess you kind of need Yushman Krano to be that foil for Amitabh Bachchan. It, it would add a different aspect if he was trying to throw like a, a young woman out of her house as opposed to a guy who's equally kind of a dickhead. Yeah. I think that might... Yeah, and BJ Ross is really good. BJ Ross is funny. BJ yeah. Ross is always good. Every time he shows up in a movie, yeah. I'm happy. He's he's my new Noah Zin Siddiqui for yeah. older man character actor I always like. Um, yeah, this is well worth checking out. Um, I think so. It's on Amazon Prime now. It looked great, um, yeah. as opposed to Netflix features. And it seems like Amazon Prime is going to pick up some more Hindi releases that were supposed to no, go like to theaters. Five or six, yeah. Uh, so we'll be probably discussing more of those at the end of the year. Um, but that's... What, what is your big takeaway of the year, apart from coronavirus bad? Um, I I don't know if I have one yet. You know, good because, dads, bad yeah. husbands. Good dads, bad husbands. Yeah, I'll, I think there's been a lot of strong roles for women, which I really like. And I would say that the movies with women are not particularly pandering either. No, like Panga. It you could call it a women's picture. You could call it a sports picture. Yeah. But it's not... It's a um, women's sports picture. It's a women's sports picture. It's not like, oh, here's the girl movie for girls. Like, no. it, it just kind of works all around. And Tapad, very good um, social issues picture that, like, again, it doesn't feel like you're eating your vegetables. Yeah. I think, like, this pandemic has just really... Like, it's had an impact on every aspect of our lives around the world. So it's just... I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to... Even sitting down to discuss these films, like, it feels like... There's such a distinct break for me from like when Angrezi Medium was in theaters to just kind of these last two movies. So I just, I don't know. I guess I still feel like I'm in a state of waiting to get back to normal. So oh, you got to wait a lot. Longer. But I, yeah, I think there are some, there's been some decent films so far this year. And I'm, not in a rush to see, you know, this new Rohit Shetty film with um, Akshay Kumar that's going to be in kind of the Singham universe. I'm not, you know, 83. I'm looking forward to seeing it, but that, I... That cricket game doesn't really mean much at all to us, so... No, but I, I'm I'm satisfied, you know, I, I like a lot of these movies. I think there's some good stuff so far this year, but I'm still interested to see what 
is going to happen with well, the rest think, of the year. Are we going to be returning to theaters this year? I don't think so. I don't know. So. I'm not planning to. <laughs> so, you know, we might we might just be discussing, you know, streaming releases for the rest of the year. I don't know. Well, I think there's an interesting diversity of stories here. Yeah. Chapak, social issues picture, Tanhaji. Um, historical. Historical epic. Action. Kind of dumb. Uh, Panga, you know, modern day sports slash women's picture, street dancer, Stupid dancing. <laughs> uh, Golmakai and other women's, you know, social issues. Violent. Yeah. Giovanni Johnnyman, um, middle-aged guy. You're just, family. you're happy with the variety yeah. that there is. I yeah. think that because they're moving all the blockbusters out, these sort of like human level stories are able to get the critical attention that they would otherwise not get. Or maybe the audience attention is more what it is. That too. Yeah. Because it's, you know, we're, we're not really talking about a Sanjay Leela Bansali picture. We do have an Android cash yet, but it's kind of a minor cash yet, and it was also mm-hmm. a Netflix release. But we're seeing just sort of like average everyday people movies, and I like that. Yeah. It's not superheroes. It's not, you know, apart from Tanahaji, like big epic dramas. It's just sort of because we hadn't, we hadn't quite hit stuff. the blockbuster season yet. I think that's the big thing. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to presumably the, as the blockbuster season was starting up, theaters closed. So it'll be interesting to have a year that's more kitchen sink, mom and pop, sort of regular people stories that they weren't anticipating that they need thousands of screens to be on. So that's the sort of thing I continue us seeing new releases of. Yeah, yeah. I don't know and. I guess I just like I just I'm so uncertain about well, yeah. what the rest of the year of movies is going to be like. Rest of the I next just, two years of movies. Yeah, I just I don't know. I'm I'm trying to to stay off the existential dread. Uh, so with that, <laughs> uh, speaking of existential dread, we're hitting a big milestone. Yeah, yeah. Our next episode. Uh, what's our next episode, Matt? The Hundo. Our next episode is our 100th episode. And so for our 100th episode, we have decided to discuss probably the most, one of the, if not the most important, certainly one of the most important Bollywood films of all time. Definitely the one you saw in university. Yeah, the first one you ever saw, the second one I ever saw. Uh, we've mentioned it on the show, but we've never fully discussed it. So we're going to be discussing Mother India. Hmm, uh, we're also, as it's our 100th episode, I think we're going to... Uh, answer some listener feedback questions. If you got any, tweet at us. Uh, yeah, so if people have any questions for us. Uh, if we get no questions, we're cutting that from the uh, part of the show. So. Or we'll we'll interview each other. <laughs> we'll interview each other. I'm always nervous doing something like that because I'm like, what if no one cares? What if no one wants to ask us questions? So Well, I think a lot please, of the time when that happens, people just make up their own questions. Please, That's what we do with book launches. Please so. send us some questions. I don't want to regret putting this in our 100th episode. Uh, that will be out in, let's say, three weeks. It's a long movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a long movie. There's a lot to do. And also, this episode has been, like, I'm exhausted right now. That Right now, the idea of doing another We're episode. Of- the two-hour ten mark. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that's going to be out in three weeks. In the meantime, Matt. And I'm very excited. It's 100 episodes. It's a very good movie, and it's a great movie. We are coming close to a million downloads. So yeah. let's get that. Let's get those numbers up. Yeah. Okay, Matt. What can people? Uh, that yeah. In the meantime, <laughs> Matt. In the meantime, how can people keep up with the show? I'm so tired. <laughs> well, I mean, it's only been two and a half hours of podcasting. Oh. It's nothing. Uh, at Bollywood Pod Twitter, uh, Facebook.com/slash Bollywood is for lovers. Tumblr.com/slash Bollywood is for lovers. 
uh, at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S, at Aaron E. Fraser. Uh, yeah, E-R-N-E-F-R-A-S-E-R. That's on Twitter. Review uh, us at iTunes. Yes, if you enjoy Apple the Podcast. show, please leave us a star rating review on Apple Podcasts. We'll read them out on air. While you're there, you can subscribe to my other show that I do with Paul Matwichuk, Trash Right in the Movies. And we want to thank Becca Zalke for our artwork. Send us those questions. Yep, 99 is in the bag, and uh, we'll see you back here for 100. Bye.